Um, this is Harlan. Justin. Michael. Oh, Michael. Michael. And Chris from the Invictus stream for Seven Land Hand. You know, they didn't even spell my name. The best podcast in Austria. Are you expecting a check today? Austria or Australia? Who cares? It's Seven Land Hand! Brought to you by Good Games. If you've ever used the USB, you might think you've already missed the jack. But with Bruno Cathala's 2006 board game, you're ready to plug jack into the light or jack into the darkness. Jack on or jack off. If you're in the dark, you can jack off any time you like and try to escape the clutches of Scotland Yard. If you're the investigator, it's like picking horse chestnuts. It's time to divide and conquer. This is Severland Hand. Mr. Jack is a murder mystery grid movement deduction game from Hurricane. The publisher might have dropped an E, but the mathematical madman Bruno Cathala was completely sober when he designed this game in 2006 with his ace pal Ludovic Morblanc. It's a game for two players with 30 minutes hidden in 19th century London. It won the 2008 Jota Best Two-Player Board Game and has been a nominee for a string of other awards. The game's elevator pitch reads as follows. This is the Asmodee game elevator pitch, by the way. Uh The year is 1888, and gaslights burn bright in the gloomy streets of London, doing their best to hold the darkness at bay. In these shadowed alleys, alleys, the devilishly clever Jack attempts to make his escape from the city. London's greatest detectives have gathered to try and track down the cunning criminal, but time runs short for their trap. What's more, Jack himself is impersonating one of the detectives... Can the detectives figure out which one of their own is the hidden hoodlum? Can Jack evade the authorities and escape the gaslit streets of London? Lots of questions there. Ooh, wouldn't you want to play? Uh, one disclaimer before we proceed, though. Neither Bruno Cathala or Ludovic Morblanc are actually madmen. However, for a single week in October 2007, the duo changed their names to Bruvik Kathblank and Ludono Morthala. Oh, what does it all mean to gamers? Hiding in the gaslight studio of the pod today, I have Sergeant McHale. I, I, I kind of take issue with just calling Mr. Uh, Jack the Ripper a hoodlum. He's no mere hoodlum. He's a professional hoodlum. He's a professional. Yeah. yeah. I was starting to I was just consider maybe I did that whole entire first opening bit in one breath. <laughs> I'll have to rewind and listen. Hey, and in real life today, we have Inspector Jamie Lawrence. All right, all right. What's all this then? Doesn't sound as... Over to you in the sounds. No, he's in the room. He's in the room. I am. My goodness. So, uh, what have you do, been doing inside uh, your weeks in uh, geeks or months in geeks since I spoke to you last? Well, I've been uh, traveling to Western Australia and checking oh, out game stores. Successfully travelled, I would say, since you're in the room. I there was it was touch and go for a couple of minutes there. But you uh, were getting on a very dodgy looking plane. It had the proper ladder going into the back of the plane. Is that right? Who does that anymore? I am. I know. Uh, look, I'm going to give. What's the opposite of a shout out? It's like an anti shout out <laughs> to Virgin Airlines. Oh, an anti shout out. A damning remark. Yeah. Look, yeah. don't don't. Don't fly Virgin. Just don't fly Virgin. <laughs> oh, but you got on the smallest plane. It pretty much had like a, a man with pedals at the front, was, Fred Flintstone I was style, sitting next to five other people. 
Like, that's how small this plane is. <laughs> Five. What do you, oh, that was the entire... That was the entire and two no, no, of those no, I, I just mean that the seats are so close together that, you know, you're oh, sitting you next to more seeing, people yeah. than you actually physically can. Yeah. Um, but more excitingly, I've, I've made it here and I've been checking out game stores and uh, I checked out Good Games Cannington. Yeah. I've, I've actually been to Cannington. Yeah, actually, I've been to Cannington it's now. It's so cool. It's a really good store. <laughs> I didn't realise this is the first time you'd actually been here. Yeah. Um, but uh, we were talking on the way up. Uh, in the car, because we, I, I bought uh, Jamie the long way, okay. which is uh, you know, through through uh, through Armadale and Kelmscott, and um, yeah, and he was admiring, or well, telling me how much he admired the the uh, the feel of Perth and how it just seemed like somebody had taken a small quaint country town and spread it out it right over next millions of miles. Yeah. <laughs> did you, how did you feel about Matt's digs? You know, did you see Matt's digs in the RPG room at Cannington? Yeah, I that's did. Where he it, is, down. it is cool. There is a cool sword on the wall. Yeah, there um, is. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and the place is covered in art. I'd love to know what the story is behind I think that. It needs, I think it might need a lick of paint because it feels like you're in a room that is bleeding right now. <laughs> it's just this dark red the whole way through. Yeah, that's oh, what it's about. That, yeah. That's in preparation for but, running uh, a shining look, I am having a great time here so far. Um, it's been fantastic to actually meet Matt in person. And, um, <laughs> wow, you, you're actually looking at him as you lie to his face. It's amazing. No one's happy to meet Matt. <laughs> I went, in, I went so into the so store and, and had, had a good chat with Aaron. And uh, look, I'm probably... Oh, gonna, no one's met... Oh, what do you think of that guy that guy yeah did you talk about fog nice guy <laughs> no, i didn't talk about fog no. look i don't need no, to argue anymore no, i know no, that no. i've won no you've already <laughs> met aaron before anyway so. and uh look I'm, I'm hoping that uh wednesday night i'll be able to stop in again and 40 meet 40k 40k for 40 seconds oh absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, so what, Matt, what have you been? What have you been doing? Wow. Apparently, dragging um, Jamie through Armadale and Kelmscott. Uh, well, I've gone back to school, which is just not exciting. What? No, it's exciting. Oh, but you're a teacher. Uh, you should yeah, explain yeah, so I've this, gone yeah. back to school. <laughs> I'm sure everyone knows that by now. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, I took you to school several times, playing Mr. Jack. But more on that later. <laughs> yeah, more on. on that later. Yeah. Uh, Boom. Three things. Straight in with the burns. First one is uh, I've been reading uh, Lock and Key by Joe Hill. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, great. Really getting into it. I Everything know you, Joe Hill it up. Is, gene, is great. I'm reading fi- The Fireman at the moment. I'm, I'm really enjoying that story. Uh, I've just... what I, I've only read the first... I think we established it was the first... Welcome to Lovecraft. Welcome to Lovecraft, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hanging out to get into the other stuff. It's... Oh, uh, five more books. Right up my alley. It's really good. I'm uh, really enjoying it. Gabrielle Rodriguez, I think, did the artwork. And yeah. that artwork isn't up my alley at all. I didn't like that. I don't like that strong, bold outline art but you know what i'm starting to warm to it because of things like you know to be fair mr jack has got the same sort of artwork and i'm yeah. starting to really like that and uh i the writing in mr lock and key is so good that the art you know the artwork grew on me i, I just love that yeah no it's, it's uh, i'm looking forward to getting into the next installment um on the in podcast circles i've picked up finally welcome to night vale okay mm, i tried it good i tried it I'm, I'm about six, uh, no, I'm eight episodes in now. From so the very beginning. From the very beginning. That's about as far as I got. And yeah. then I was just like, I'm out. I love it. I, I really do. There's so yeah. many little quick, witty jokes in there built into the, the storyline. And it, it's funny, because of my RPG habits, I, I'm always thinking about each episode and how this would be a great RPG <laughs> yeah. uh, and how I could run this. Uh, well, sounds so. like I need to listen to it and be the deciding vote. It's actually <laughs> really good. No, but you know what? I think I get, I get the idea. When I listen to it, I think this is something that I would make and I would think this is great. And I'd be right in my creative element 
right? And from the producing side mm. of it, I'd be going, this is fantastic. I'm loving it. But for me as an audience, I can't engage with it. How <laughs> <laughs> weird is that? You know, you should be, shouldn't I? That's just it's, wrong. It's kind That's of wrong. awkward listening to it. And literally you're listening to somebody uh, on a faux radio station giving faux news. But About a faux town. <laughs> yeah. But faux town sounds like an awesome sort of music. Stevie for wonder is uh, big with it. By the sounds of it, it's set right out, uh, I don't know, out Nevada way uh, in the middle of nowhere. But mm. the, the, you, the characters are, are just, they come to life because they pop in into each episode uh, like their own little segment. They've got their own little character, their own way of interacting with the story. And I'm really, really enjoying it. So I'm going to keep going with that. You know, well, Lost, I've kicked Lost to the side of the road. Thank oh, goodness. Yeah, you were, uh, you were, you were in wrong In favour so of this. All right, look, if we're talking about visual medium. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get, get to the. It. I'm going to get to the elephant in the room. And now mm. that I'm actually in this room, it's big enough to hold an elephant, which is pretty <laughs> impressive. <laughs> yeah. um, and that is that geeks have clearly conquered the world because... <laughs> Netflix in the last week has released trailers for Stranger Things 2, which, oh my oh. God. Yeah. I, oh did, my I didn't watch that. I know we posted it on our <laughs> Facebook page. I didn't well, I posted it. I didn't watch it because I, I don't want to know anything about it. Oh, you know, it's, it's just like. It doesn't tell you. It's, but okay, that's the beauty of oh, it. Yeah. Um, for Star Trek Discovery. Um, yes. Which I'm, I, know, I love I thought, Star Trek. How did Star Trek end up on Netflix? But I, you know, I reckon this is how I get my wife into watching Star Trek. Anything I is think Netflix. It looks like a good series. There's a lot of a lot of Trekkies out there saying, "Oh, everything's different." But oh yeah, but but it looks hot. The strange thing that I found though is it seemed the trailer seemed to all be told from the perspective of one of the crew members, but it wasn't. Michelle Yeoh. It wasn't That's the right. captain. They, they've made that point pretty explicit that it's not about the captain. It's about the commander who is the the one who goes down and does all the away mission stuff. Mm. Um, so, and this yeah. is what I've been saying for years, isn't it? It's like, that's what I like about, uh, you know, that's what I like in Star Wars. I want to know about the small guy. In Magic, the Gatherings, um, what well, I was going to say literature, but it's not that. It's <laughs> that garbage scroll they pump out every month. <laughs> I want to know about the little guy. Yeah, the planeswalkers can do all that sort of crazy stuff. But what about the villager that's just like wandering around and see some mm-hmm. sparks fly off and something crazy? I'd like to know his story. That's that's kind of thing. That's where it's at. Cause easier yep. to identify because I'm not going to be a planeswalker ever. We've had well, I have uh, a lot of blue hoodies. We've also had. We're not. We're not done yet, boys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, we, no, I've got stuff. We too. have also had. We've also had the trailer for Defenders, which is like three weeks away now. Yeah. And I cannot oh, believe no. that we are that close to. Yeah. What's the rundown on that? What's the skinny to on ceiling. Defenders? So the Defenders is Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, <gasps> and pa- and are they, ga- are they going together? Yes. All going in together. Oh yeah. my god. Um, I love Jessica Jones. Isn't everyone hates on Jessica Jones? Doesn't like Jessica Jones? Uh, I think oh, Iron, Iron Fist is the one that's copying a lot of the Iron, Iron Fist. Oh, co- co- I was Luke Cage. Cage. Personally, personally, hey, I'm not a big Jessica Jones fan. I like the Jessica Jones Luke Cage thing. I'm happy with those two. Luke good. Cage was amazing. It was such a good series, and Daredevil's excellent too. There is an untold yeah. story. There's, a, there's like a secret character in all of these. Uh, who is really the, this is who Spider-Man, the story is actually about? Sony. Yeah. No, no, it's about <laughs> the Doctor. Claire, the Claire. Uh, the night nurse. It's yeah. all about her. She's actually the star She's of all of absolutely. these. Absolutely. Look, uh, my biggest fear oh, is that yes. my biggest Sin fear City. is that the thing that pulls them together oh, is yeah. her getting killed because I no. love Rosario Dawson. Um, <laughs> she's good. You can't she afford the, to lose her. Don't lose her, Marvel. <laughs> she's the like the you know, and this isn't a disparaging remark, but she's the the boss of the prostitutes in uh, Sin City. <laughs> yeah. 
Is that in the original? That's the original yeah, one, yeah, I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's and good. She's so, great. Uh, the last big one that they've dropped a trailer for is Bright, which is yeah. Oh, yeah. Will Smith movie, oh, original yeah. for Netflix. Like... <laughs> I, I'm not excited about this. Really? I know Matt showed me this the other day, and we said alienation, and I'm all for that. I love that District 9 kind of aliens like alien here. Nation. Let's get past that, and let's just have we're just living alongside of them and see how it rolls out. But it just seems like it was just like alienation in the end. Once we said, yeah, oh, it's like alienation, now where's the twist? And then nothing came. It was just like, this is like alienation again. <laughs> have uh, we already, haven't we already been there and done that? Well, alienation well, but but all... have we really? I mean, alienation was an amazing <laughs> show, but... It didn't last very long, and no, no. Uh, you know it, it's it's a fair while ago. But then now. again, you know, Firefly didn't last that long either. Does that yeah, mean that it's wasn't a bad an amazing show? show. <laughs> 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 I know a lot of people. Look, I never got. I, ne- look, I know, it seems like it's. Uh, I, that's where we agree. Finally, I didn't get into Firefly in yeah, a big way, oh, but it's massive. I did. I'm yeah. a brown coat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Western in space. It's I like, want to yes, Star Trek. Them. Did it first. exactly? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, but bright. Look, I think. To be bringing the star power of someone like Will Smith to TV is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even so, I'm I'm down for a Shadowrun TV show. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Set not obviously more well, by the looks of it, not that far in the future. So it's 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 comparable to our own time. Mm. Maybe twenty. I don't know. 20, 2018, 2019, something Whatever. like that. Whatever. Yeah. What, is but, this where you're setting bright? In, tw- in the year 2018. So next year, we're yeah, going to have absolutely. Will Smith yeah. knocking around Looks with aliens. Like <laughs> Unless they prove me wrong. <laughs> well, we've only got like about six months left before we find out. <laughs> That's a good thing. Well, yeah. look, a big start, start getting your, your uh, bids in on whether you're going to be a wizard or an orc. Or <laughs> this a... is, yeah, this is uh, Matt, Matt McHale premonitions on the uh, board game well, podcast. Where's it's that like flute? We've got 20, 2018 <laughs> and Matt saying that we're going to have aliens next year. I've, I've talked about... The Shannara Chronicles, okay, and how how crap it is. But uh, <laughs> the the premise of that was that after all of these years of evolution of evolutionary change, the uh, orcs, elves, dwarves had crept into the into the gene pool, and so that's where all these characters come from. You know, is this that same story, or is it the displaced alien story? No, because there's no dwarves, elves to... Or, there are. For to, oh, in real... Hang on. No, no, no. Hang on, Jamie. We just cracked something <laughs> in, open here. Right. Are, are, the, are the dwarves <laughs> and elves in real life, Matt? There are... Are the fairies down the bottom of the garden, <laughs> Arthur C. McHale? Hang on. <laughs> Don't you be dissing... <laughs> Sir Arthur Conan Doyle <laughs> in my presence, okay? <laughs> I will brook no. Did, oh, come on. He did go completely bonkers towards the end of his life with the fairy stuff. I, he was right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, in that, it's a good time for me Houdini to bring in. was wrong. Right. Um, look, I've got... Okay, ooh, this is more... Uh, I don't know where this is going to be screened now. I think this is just a full-on Guillermo del Toro movie. We've got Shape of Water. Has anyone seen the yes. things for this? Yes. This is yeah. like Abe Sapien. It's, it's like the woman story. falling in love with a deep one. Yeah. And oh, it's, all right. shot, it's all shot like Amelie, uh, you know, like all of the real French vibe going to the whole thing. I love that kind of stuff. That looks proper interesting. And what was weird was I watched that whole thing a few times going, this looks like a ripoff of uh, Hellboy and Abe Sapien. He's even eating eggs before I really realized that no, that's exactly the, right, the same character. But yeah, Glemo's having a, he's not doing Hellboy 3, but he's having a proper crack at Abe. Well, so, so, so it actually is. Yeah, it's gonna be. 
I don't know if they say it or not, but it, it looks uh, exactly like him. Yeah, he's I in think water. He's wow, 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 away. He's eating eggs, and uh, they're trying to do experiments on him. And um, so this, this is... girl's advocating for it and nothing horrible to happen to him. Oh. Yeah. Well, there you go. This is the uh, look. This is the interesting thing with that show is that, sorry, that that movie is that the trailer doesn't give a lot away. It could end absolutely horribly and oh, yeah. be a horror movie, and that would be awesome. It could end romantically and peacefully, and that would be a really, really interesting sort of vibe. Who knows? I'm hoping Guillermo's got a proper twist in there somewhere, you know, to make it interesting. Because you can, the, again, you can see how it would just pan out as a, as a stereotype. How, how's this for a twist? Shot. It's actually a reboot of Creature from the Black Lagoon, and it ties into all the Universal Monster movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. There was another graphic novel which I read. Uh, it was very, very Lovecraft-based. Um, Neonomicon? Welcome to Providence. Uh, That's a. I think, was I think that? you're right. But and and there was this the the deep one or whatever who uh, lived in a oh. cellar in a pond and there was a bit of a naughty times happening down there. And uh, no, I oh, know, Matt. You're gonna have to come oh. with facts. I've got oh, facts man. here. Look, uh, what I think I've it was been called to, uh, I don't think it is. Um, I think it was called that. Aaron Graham has got me onto Community. Like and <laughs> Netflix got me on the Glow, which if you haven't seen it, watch Glow. It's yeah. friggin' genius. I've caught up with it's that. It's a two night thing. There's no catching up with it. You got a marathon that you got to watch it Monday night, finish it Tuesday night. Right. Oh. Worst case, watch the last episode Wednesday. It's so much fun. It's great. I watched about four episodes on the other night. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to watch the other seven like tonight. <laughs> you absolutely do. Right Glow is this. Glow is excellent. And you know who I discovered in that? Alison Brie. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know if who you discovered is her. proper gene. No, I discovered her. Right? You know, I came across her. And uh this this ties in with uh, Aaron's been telling me to watch community for years, right? So I watched Glow. Alison Brie's one of the main stars of that. Yeah. She's got what I've come to know as this lower register, hilarious voice. I can't even think of her in terms of community and her character in Glow without having to look into two separate places in my mind. You know, you sort of look into the yeah. corner of your mind for the <laughs> for the image. She's that good an actress, actor. You can't. I can't even think of. So I'm doing it now. Alison Glow in Glow. Alice, Alison Brie in Glow. <laughs> Alison Brie in Community. It's like it's. She's just when so good. I... apparently, if you watch Mad Men, Mad Men, she's like she's another person entirely. This is what like a proper actor does. She what? inhabits the character. When I started watching Glow, I was literally like, "Is that Alison Brie? What? I know. Yeah. Right? I did not make the connection. I cannot yeah. make the connection. I'm just like, what? What? That's not the person we watch. But she's genius in both. She is. She's an excellent, excellent actress. She's, she's become. You know how it's always been Kate Beckinsale, the interview for the, you know the interview to end all inter- interviews for yeah. me on this. I think I'm chucking Alison Brie in there as well. Well, you know, like the, there's a gaming Phenomenal. connection because she plays D and D on Community. So yeah, uh, and advanced D and I've seen episode titles coming up. So all advanced, we need to advanced do, D&D. all we need to do is uh, fulfil Matt's wish and finally fit in a third podcast every month where we do an RPG. No, I think, <laughs> I think 40k is coming up. We're going to be going like 40 minutes with 40k, 40k. But more of that later on. Um, Oh, I've been I've been mourning the death of Jules this month. Um, there's no there's no hour of devastation update. Maybe this is more for the. Uh, you mean magic jewels? Magic jewels, yeah. not not jewels like. Oh, not Bruno's jewels. Yeah. No okay. magic jewels. Yeah, there's been no uh, hour of devastation update. No oh, sorry. Alas, I haven't been in there for no, a while. No, I've been telling oh. you for ages that they're canning it. Yeah, after I knew this. they were canning yeah, it, but so I didn't realise. No, okay. they were serious. So that's it. <laughs> that oh, I thought it was all just one big joke. I'm. I'm gearing up for a trip to Gen Con next month, which we... Yeah, that's nice. Should not... Is it next month? I thought it that was... next yeah. month. 
Shouldn't interview with my podcast duties, but um, Um, boy, I'm going to bring back some news, I promise. (laughs) Or maybe you get some uh, face-to-face photos of Bruno, who we're talking to uh, later on in the show. I will be so happy if I get to, to actually... Shake Bruno's hand. You have to watch that. Bruno was my uh, what's the Bruno T-shirt? Bruno was my main man. Or oh that's, yeah, that's what that's. Sorry, my my T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bruno Cafal is my homeboy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, to, I, I'll, I'll wear that. I have to launder that and so uh, Febreze it a few times before appearing. We're with having a uh, we're having a party at Good Games Indianapolis, mm. um, a trade party uh, on the night before Gen Con starts, and and we've sent an interview. Uh, sorry, so sent an invite to uh, Bruno. So hopefully, okay. Uh, yeah, he'll show up. I'll be able to get some photos of him in a good game store. <laughs> oh, be really? wonderful. All right. Um, well, look, we've got a whole game ahead of us called uh, Mr. Jack and an interview with Bruno Cathala coming up. So we might as well just blob right here and get straight into it, yeah? All right. Hand me the guitar. Win, Mr. Jack, for commenting on the Facebook page for this Win. show, episode 99, Woo. at facebook.com forward slash sevenlandhand. We'll announce last month's winner of Mystic Vale later in Neats and Twos. This month, to determine the winner, Good Games HQ placed all the entries into clear sleeves and then removed them one at a time until the letters formed a single name. That name? We'll tell you later. Oh, so (laughs) mystical. And every month, Good Games are offering our listeners a special offer on the game we review. This month, it's Mr. Jack. Mr. Jack! Mr. Jack! While stocks last, Seven Land Hand listeners can get 10% off Mr. Jack at every good game store outside of Gaslit London. All you have to do is enter your friendly local good game store under a cloud of suspicion, clear your name, and declare to the expectant employee this month's password... Bruno is my homeboy. For all of July... Bruno Bruno is my homeboy. That's while stocks last. Okay, on with the show. Straight out of the 1920s advert. (laughs) <laughs> All right, great advert there, Jamie. Nice having you read it in in uh, in, re- in reality. Thank you. Yeah, uh, guys, Seven Land Hand would like to apologise for uh, any comments that David makes during this next segment because he's <laughs> he sat there drinking beers throughout our little interview <laughs> with Bruno. It's and, going. Um, it's getting very hard for me. <laughs> and Bruno, Bruno, Bruno gave us some great conversation. Oh, I'm sure. I'm looking forward to listening to it like, later on when I sober up. <laughs> Be great. No, no, it was. I, was. I posted in my more sober moment onto the Facebook page that it was a fascinating interview. And that's coming up, so something to look forward to, listener. Uh, anyway, we're here talking Mr. Jack. Uh, it's a game we all love. And uh, let's let's jump into it. So Jeez, what, so yes. Jump the gun, why don't you? We all love it. Yeah. No, I'll, 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 be missed, I'll be the bad guy later on, and I'll, we'll, we'll, like, we'll go good cop, bad cop on it. But... Um, yeah, what, what are we looking at, Mr. Jack? What's the story behind this, Jamie? Well, it is 1888, yeah. and Jack the Ripper has just murdered somebody. Oh, he's, he's so busy with that sort of stuff in the yeah. days. Oh, man. He's very murdery. 1888, if you look back at the number of Sherlock Holmes stories set in that year, like it is a busy year. Is it? <laughs> does he say a lot of years in his stories? Oh, he doesn't, but everyone else has written about Sherlock oh, Holmes. Oh, okay, does. right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think literally, if you go back and catalogue, you know, he's got several cases on the same day in some cases. No, um, <laughs> anyway, we're not, well, we're not explicitly talking about Sherlock Holmes, we're talking about Mr. Jack. Yeah. So, he's murdered someone, and uh, a group of investigators has cordoned off a section of the sea that they know he's in. He can't have gotten too far from the murder. Mm. Uh, and they are investigating, trying to figure out where he is and who he is. What they don't realise is that Jack 
has infiltrated them and is disguised as one of the investigators. Hmm. It could be so, one. And that's the amazing thing, isn't it? The first time you crack this is like one of the characters is Sherlock, one of the ca- characters is John Holmes, uh, it's John, John Watson. Watson. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hang on, John Holmes is the porn actor. It's isn't okay, he? they got married after the stories. <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah, John Holmes didn't, didn't star in this. I should be quiet from now on, Tony Beers. <laughs> but um, you're right, when, so, you, when you so, sit down and play it, it could be anyone. It could be, and it could be Sherlock yeah. Holmes. It's, That's right, Sherlock Holmes could be, it could be being impersonated Dr. John by. Watson. <laughs> Could be being impersonated by Jack the Ripper. John Holmes isn't in this, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to figure out who the Ripper is, aren't they? So, that's, it. Uh, that's my only bad accent done for the night. So, over the course of the night, because once sun is up and the denizens of London invade the streets, Jack will slip away easily. Mm. Uh, you, as the investigator, have to try and puzzle out who Jack the Ripper actually is yeah, and that's... capture him. And as Jack, you have to try and maintain your anonymity or escape the city by slipping through one of the, the cracks in the security fence. And that's the two halves of the game, isn't it? It's that's a two-player game. It's always a two-player game. One person's the investigator, one person's Jack the Ripper. Now, Matt, you have, you, you're intent on reading us the principle of the game, which I think is a part of the instructions that we very, never, ever read. Very much. No, yeah. but, but we observed it every Did single we? time we played it. Oh, good. The principle of the game is... Shadow and light, visible and invisible. So fits right in with that anonymity theme mm. and uh, staying under the radar uh, as Jack and trying to... Uh, it's very much of the era as well, isn't it? It's like yeah. that gaslight, 19, uh, 1888. You know, it's like if you're in the shadows, then you're undetectable. It's, yep. it's, uh, it's very thematic. Very dingy, sense. dark London. Uh, very... Mm. Uh, not, a, not a great time. Really, to be to be around, I think London in general that time was, know, was pretty shitty. Pretty sort of the resolution, you know, it's like a, the the grime. It's like oh, you know, when uh, Wonder Woman goes to see uh, London and it's all dark and horrible and that sort of stuff, and you think, oh, that's it's a terrible place. Mm. That's like twenty, thirty years yeah. after this. So it didn't really make oh, proof. It's disgusting back in the day, and you got Jack the Ripper but, knocking people off. But people look back with such nostalgia as well at this. This particular time period. Oh, this was when America the was Victorian great. Victorian age and <laughs> the uh, the Industrial Revolution, all that yeah. stuff. You know, is is exciting. It's an exciting time. The world is growing. There's it still is, mystery. It's like amazing inventions. I think I, there is a nostalgia to the the Victorian era. Absolutely, of just like all of those uh, amazing inventions and big crazy, well, yeah. big big names in uh, in history that we know from that time. Yeah, yeah. Right. but none of those are in it. <laughs> we've got um, Sherlock Holmes, John Watson. We've got um, a couple of other characters. Yeah, Inspector got the... uh, Lestrade. Yeah, he's in there. Miss Stealthy. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of imagination there, might might add. <laughs> Sir William Gull. Do we know what he's referenced to? Yeah, so Sir William Gull was one of the suspects in the Jack the Ripper case. Uh-huh. Uh, Sherlock mentioned him. Sergeant Goodley. Sergeant is... Goodley was actually one of the investigators on ah. the original Jack the Ripper case. We'll get back to him because he's the uh, potential OP character that they say. <laughs> uh, Inspector Lestrade. John Smith, that has got to be just vanilla filler. Uh, John Smith is filler, but he's based on an actual uh, guy who developed gaslighting or, okay. or the system in London or something. It's actually in... I don't know if it's in this edition's rulebook, but in the original 2006 one, it sort of goes through and says who these characters are referencing. Oh, good. And uh, Jeremy Burt is the last one. And Jeremy this... Burt was an actual reporter. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. Who reported on the Ripper murders. Yeah, so they've all got special char- uh, characteristics and abilities uh, which make which differentiate them uh, from each other. And there's exactly eight of them. Um, as you set out... Oh, should, we, should we just get to how, how it looks and, and yeah, how yeah. we set it out there? So we've got eight characters that we just described. We've got another pile of... Um, Suspect cards. Suspects, yes. So initially, Mr. Jack is going to take one of these suspect cards, and that is the person who will be Mr. Jack. Yeah, and that's, that's their ex- identity. Yeah, and that's just a pile of eight characters, one of which um, is going to immediately become Mr. Jack, um, unbeknownst to the investigator. Uh, although you do get to have a look at these if you are the investigator and you choose Sherlock Holmes uh, during the game. Then um, we have the light dark tile, and these are proper. Oh, oh dear. Um, we just dropped beer all over the... <laughs> no, that's the end of that Mr. Jack game. Um, there's a... The, the cards are actually quite... Like, that was... That's a, they are designed for shuffling and durability and not for having beer spilt on them, but I'm sure that they will survive it. No, the, that, this game is knackered. We just spilt beer all over our, over, over our game. Um, and then you've got like a whole bunch of... Uh, you've got... Uh, what would you call these things? Chits? Um, yeah, like a little, tiles, little wooden tokens, which you stick a, um, a sticker on one side of the character, mm-hmm. and on the other side there's a black and white version of the character, which uh, indicates that they are now not a suspect. That's right. So during the game, as those tokens are on the board, you will investigate. As you eliminate suspects, you flip them over to show that uh, you're narrowing down your field of, of suspects. Yeah, um, we've got uh, six gaslight. Um, tokens uh, that uh, are numbered one to four and then two that aren't numbered at all. Uh, some barricades at the corners that go two or two barricades That's that can right. be moved around four different spots of the, the map. Yep, a time marker. A time marker, yeah, which has just got an old, oldie-worldy clock on it. And we should talk about the board itself. Yeah. Which, uh, so Obviously a grid placement kind hexagonal of Hexagonal grid uh, with some terrain blocked off in the middle. Uh, there's a few... Uh, Houses and uh, manhole covers and things like that. Mm. And um, down one side of the board, you've got uh, a huge the turn order. Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> you've got the turn order for the eight turns of the game. So on alternate turns, uh, the inspector will go first or Jack will go first. Uh, and as for what they do with those turns, we turn to Matt. <laughs> um, yeah. What's yeah, the, so the, the first thing? Okay, so down the uh, side of the board, it, as players alternate turns, Jack and, and the inspector, uh, it's got a really neat thing where it you, if the inspector goes first, this is on the first turn, and they take the first turn to activate one of the characters on the board, one of the four roles that are selected. So, yeah, you'll, you'll so shuffle up four. the roll cards. Deal four. Deal four out. The inspector picks one. That's right, and does that roll. So you've got a combination of things. You can uh, do an action and then move. For some of them, you must either choose between. I think choose between moving, for example, you have to either move yourself or you need to switch your character with another character Mm -hmm. anywhere on the board. Yeah. So every every character has a special power, which is uh, what what is important. So you choose one, and then uh, the Ripper gets two turns consecutively, which I think is that advantage to him in that at least in the early in that first turn to definitely stay under the radar mm-hmm. uh, so he gets to choose two of those goals 
uh, two of those rolls, and then the inspector gets the the last the, one. The last one. So you're left with that. You know, dig, uh, gradually, all the rolls are taken, and the inspector gets left with mm-hmm. whatever's left. Uh, and then at the end of that round, the ripper needs to inform the inspector whether their char- whether their suspect is either in the light or in the dark. So what so, it means to be in the light is that you're either standing next to another character or standing next to a light uh, so you can be seen. Pretty simple. Or illuminated by uh, Watson's, by Watson's lamp. lamp. That's yeah. right. Watson has a lantern which he can shine in one direction as far as it can go. And uh, if you're standing in his lamp, then you're also in the light. Something happens then after that. So once you've de- once the Ripper has declared whether they're in the light or the dark, any character who on the board who is not in that state is flipped over. And so they're no longer a suspect. They're mm-hmm. now uh, in- considered innocent. The next step then is to remove one of the lanterns. So in the number right. one to four lanterns, the first one gets taken away. From whatever position it's found itself in, for if you were uh, John Smith, the lamp lighter, it could be that the one the lamp has moved. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Uh, then that's removed from the game, so creating a new area of darkness. Pro tip: If you are playing Mister Jack, uh, don't stand next to lantern number one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And expect to be in the light. <laughs> I've done that before. It was bad. But the <laughs> light, but the light goes first. out after witnesses are called for. Yeah. So you call for witnesses, and then the light goes. That's out. right. Yeah. yeah. But but of course you won't get to move those characters if you've moved them. Yeah. Again until that's turn a very three. interesting so, thing, isn't it? Because because of the the half and half, there's eight characters. Four come out in the first round, and then four come out in the second round. If the character you're most interested in operating come out in the first round then you know they're not going to get moved in the next round however in the third round they'll get shuffled together and it might come out again that's right and there's there's another interesting point in that as well which is that the second half of each round it's always jack's pick first so when you give you've dealt out four and had a turn those other four jack always knows what's what's happening and he's able to control it first before the uh, the inspector so again the game try have we you'll you'll hear from bruno that yeah uh, the game is slightly balanced in favor of the inspector about yeah, 60 40 60 40 yeah um, and that's what most of the stats online but, are but saying but there are definitely well. some tricks in the game <clears throat> that jack can make use of to uh, to get get over the line well the first one to stay is to stay anonymous. So have as many of the characters in your matching your character state as you possibly can. Uh, and I know we found David that yeah. one in the f- I don't think it was wasn't the first game we played, but uh, in the second lot of games that we played, uh, I was having I had a first turn as I was the Jack character, and I was able to maintain all but one of the characters in the same state, uh, being in the light, mm-hmm. uh, which was great because I gave, other than I gave up one uh, suspect who was no longer a suspect, seven of those eight characters I still were, was still questionable. So I mean, that that's, uh, was a very successful turn. That well, that's Mr. Jack's goal me. is to remain part of the largest group and the inspector yeah. wants to split yeah. every, split them into 50-50 every single time. You do that and you and it was the inspector and you're done by round three or four. Of course. However, mm-hmm. and when you get to round 
six, uh, round six, round five, round five, it changes because you're no longer removing the lamps. So mm-hmm. rounds one to four are your opportunity to move the lamps. And then after that, you're relying, there's only two lanterns left on the table, uh, on the board, and you get to the only power you have over the, over them is uh, John Smith being able to move them around the board. That's, that's right. That's it. All right, look, let's let's talk quickly about the different characters and their powers. The game is the game is very often referenced as a comparison to chess. It's sort of like gamer chess because you've got set pieces that are in a starting location that is the same, uh, and each of them has a specific way of moving or or having a, a an ability. Um, so it, it plays out a lot, not like chess, but it certainly has that feel of. You know, yeah. a, an activity that we we can predict certain elements of. That was something I didn't uh, I didn't come out and say outright, but uh, I felt very much the same way that this was a a strategic game like chess, where there are certain uh, where every character has its own set mm-hmm. state to move. I mean, yes, it's a little bit more fluid in the way it moves around the board. Yep, but uh, there's that same feel where you're constantly looking for uh, to put your opponent into a check state. That's right, yeah. yeah. So, look, quickly running through, uh, you've got Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes can move, I think it's one to three spaces, and yep. uh, he also lets you draw a new secret identity card. Mm. If you're the inspector, that's going to tell you straight away that the person you've drawn is not Jack the Ripper. Do you find this guy's drawing Sherlock is only useful in the first maybe one, two turns as the investigator? Yeah, because well, it, for both parties, really. Mm-hmm. Um, as the game goes on, as more suspects are eliminated, the chance of, of drawing somebody who's useful is, is, is next reduced. To yeah. But the first couple of turns, if Sherlock is available to you, it's brilliant to take him because he's going to straight away eliminate someone for the investigator and he's going to provide an alibi for Jack yeah. uh, because there's no way that the investigator can pull that guy from the deck. All you've got to do is keep him in the same state as Mr. Jack and you're, uh, you're laughing. Yeah, yeah. I find it kind of funny, actually, that, that one of the iconic characters of the game um, has such little impact in the later part of the game. Yeah, well, I guess... In typical Sherlock fashion, he bursts onto the scene, makes some sort of <laughs> very clever <laughs> quip statements. and accusation, and uh, and then, you well, know, inevitably just solves the puzzle mm. by going back to his room and thinking about it for a while. <laughs> Leaving <laughs> everybody else to actually do the policing. That's right. Yeah, yeah he doesn't want police work. Really, That's it's just a collection of characters from the era, isn't it, that we, we can course. identify? Because who else can we name from that era? Then? Yeah. Uh, so, so, Watson. Watson, Watson. Yeah. I'll, I'll, let's take intense. Okay. Yeah, okay, go for I've it. I've got it right in front of me. Watson, um, again, moves one to three hexes, then he uses his ability, mm-hmm. and all of them do. There's one exception who will come to, but... Watson's armed with a lantern, which mm-hmm. can illuminate the spaces in front of him in a direct line of sight. Uh, so any character who is in the dark, if Watson is placed immediately in front of him and points his lantern in his direction, that player, that character is now considered to be in the light, while Watson himself is in the dark unless he's standing next to a mm-hmm. gaslight. Yeah. Watson, the art for Watson is magnificent. He just has this look on his face like, God's homes, I've just discovered a pot of jam. <laughs> yeah. He loves his jam, Watson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he um, had to choose the uh, Watson. 
A very important thing that you can't forget to do is the facing of the lantern. There's a little arrow on the, the token. On the token, yeah. yeah. So you can point it in the direction you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, <laughs> pro tip. Pro tip time is yeah. like if you do the William Gull thing and switch them, and if you switch John Watson, you can actually, the way you place you can it, you him. can yes. reorientate him as well, which is something you've got to pay attention to. Watson is Watson's a really interesting piece because he is really easy to eliminate as a suspect. Uh, if the investigator gets hold of him, they just drive him into a corner and point his torch at the wall. At the wall, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Typical Watson move. Yeah. Um, but he is super useful for Jack keeping people in the light mm. uh, because he can shine that that lantern across the board. Uh, so he's really interesting. Um, who, who else we got, we got? John Smith is next. John Smith. So John Smith can uh, move, I think, one to three again. Yep. And he can move one of the lights uh, on the board. So there are, I think, eight spaces that you can have a gaslight at and six gaslights initially. Yeah. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. So he can move one of the tokens from one to another. So controlling the light, obviously, pretty useful if you're Jack. Um, pretty useful for eliminating people who are standing around a particular light if you're... Uh, yeah. The investigator. It stops that ability of just like if you were the um, if you if you're trying to clump people together, it stops that thing of just sticking around a particular lamp and just huddling around there for the rest of yeah. the game and That's not right. moving anybody anywhere. Yep. Uh, this one, this this way, you know, you can just hope John Smith uh, gaslight mm. some new location. Mm-hmm. He's very much not the character you want to be ending a turn, giving to your opponent to end the turn on. Yeah. Because automatically you can end up with your boards, your light and darkness state changed mm. on you. Uh, the next character is Inspector Lestrade, uh, whose special ability, ability, <laughs> special ability is mandatory. Yep. Uh, move one police cordon, of which there are two, uh, to any of the other two locations. Uh, this will free one of the exits, but it will block another. Mm. So this is how if the... Corden is there. Jack is not able to escape through that location. This is how you look very suspicious if you miss yeah. a Jack. If you pick up Lestrade and move a blockade away from one particular corner, you make everybody in that corner look proper guilty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's another thing that I'm not sure we, we made really clear. Jack is only allowed to escape from the board if he's mm. in the dark. Uh, if he is in the that's light, right. he can't. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it becomes a little bit obvious if... Uh, Jack has one person sitting in a, in a corner on their own in the dark, and then he uses Lestrade to move the barricade out of the way. Yeah. I uh, don't think you'd be too. I don't think early on in the game you can, in your playing, Mister Jack, you can be too focused on getting into the dark uh, because because I think you're more you, you about never. In the light. I think I think that's what I think. It's more of like just staying in the biggest group. If the biggest group is going to be in the light, good, be in the mm-hmm. light. Biggest group is going to be in the dark, be in the dark. Because I reckon the best chance of your best chance of winning. This is my personal flight take on it is to survive the eight rounds. Escaping seems like really, really difficult. Surviving is a lot easier. Yeah. Um, the trick with escaping that I've found is it really depends on the investigator because if the investigator tries to separate people out by putting them in the dark and he puts Jack in the dark, mm. it oh, gives well. you that opening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so, so you always try and position, as Jack, you always try and position your guys so that they are still in the light but near one of the exits. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if darkness comes your way, fantastic. Yeah, Off so speaking of escaping, Miss Stealthy is probably the best character in the game to be as Mr. Jack. Yeah. Um, because he is, uh, she is 
Freedom of movement. Freedom of movement. Mm. She can move one to four spaces and she can move through any objects. Uh, she ignores them. She doesn't have to go around them. She can't um, go on them, though. That's right. She yeah. can't land. She can't end her turn on them. Mm. Uh, so the fact that she's one to four spaces means that she can get to the exits a lot more easily. Um, and uh, one of the other things that we, we haven't really covered is that you can move through open manholes in this game. Yeah. So with four points of movement, she's also a very versatile character for getting around the board and really useful for keeping other people in the light as well because uh, wherever they are, she can usually get to them. Yeah, and the manholes are super important as well, I think, because that's what... <clears throat> if you get discovered as Mr. Jack, then you think, all right, there's an evasion part. And for a while we're thinking, don't give up too quickly if you get spotted because you can still evade. But that becomes so hard, doesn't it? Because yeah. You pretty like, much the, have one turn. Yeah, because the amount of times that we discovered who Mr. Jack was, and then before we flipped the character cards over to see who was in play... We try to say, who could we get that yeah. means Mr. Jack can get away? And it was every single time it was, you're dead. You're dead already. Multiple because, ways yeah. of catching him. And I think the manholes have a big part of a part to play in that. Yeah, and speaking of the manholes, um, we have somebody who can manipulate them. It's yeah. uh, Jeremy. Jeremy Burt. Jeremy Burt, who's a reporter. He's the muckraker, uh, used to being down in the sewers and... You know, bringing all the dirt to the surface mm -hmm. and grime. So, as a journalist, he's like to uh, he's able to open manholes, dive into a story, and uh, move it to somewhere else. Is that what they call it in wow. the sewers? <laughs> so, yeah. So he can he can, literally he can move one of the covered manholes to another open manhole, therefore closing it. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's able to use it before or after his movement as he sees fit. One to three spaces. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. that's you see a familiar. Uh, pattern a pattern with all of these characters. Now, these mm -hmm. last two are the, are the exceptions to the rule. The first one will do William Gull. Yep. Jamie? So, William Gull's power is he can either move one to three spaces or he can switch places with any other character on the board. Uh, yeah. Gull... Gull's really, really tricky. If you are Jack, you pretty much never want your opponent to get Gull. Because he could just randomly switch yeah. the person you are with himself, and you know it's a losing strategy suddenly. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're the inspector, you pretty much never want Jack to have William Gull mm. because it means that no matter who Mister Jack is, he can be positioned into usually the light, uh, yeah. which is where you try and keep Gull. Yeah. So the last character. Now you mentioned David that uh, you thought he was a bit OP. Oh yeah, this is uh, what this is the general consensus online is that uh, Sergeant Goodley is overpowered because of the ability you're about to describe. He's able to call for help using his whistle. So mm. when he does, he can bring any character on the board closer to his position. Either it's one, two, or three. So he can either move one character three spots or. Three characters, one spot each, or one character two and another one. Yeah. That, that whatever combination you see fit, but they all move toward the the quickest path toward his current location. Now that can change because you can move shift people, shift three up to three, three, up to three people players after he's crazy. moved, or you could do it before he's moved. So you can and these are people that aren't necessarily having a turn this round either. Yeah. Yep. So. I think he's probably, in my opinion, the best character to be Jack with. He's pretty amazing. Um, and it's, there's always a, this amazing satisfaction to, in, when you are 
Sergeant Goodley of watching the inspector go, I'll move Goodley. Oh, yeah, I'll move Goodley and move all the people around. And yeah. And you're like, yeah, yeah, sure. You just move me around the board. Keep me safe. I don't mind at all. <laughs> <laughs> but it can, be, it can be debilitating if you get moved uh, and you are hoping to be part, you know, if, if, the, if just by random, you know, you get group moved into the smaller group and you've got no way of manipulating that anymore, it can change the game in a, in a heartbeat. Yep, for sure, <clears throat> for sure. But I still find that uh, Goodly gave me the greatest range of flexibility during my turn. So if pretty much if I saw him come up and I got first choice, he, I was going to pick him. Uh, no matter whether he was a suspect or or not, uh, because his ability is just too too good to use. I can I can position characters away from where my you know wherever I where I want them to be, or I can bring them towards me to you know cover up my tracks. Uh, I get to um, focus on one particular character, which creates a little bit of doubt. I think in the, as the inspector mm-hmm. as to okay is that. Is he moving that character three spaces because that's Jack and he's trying to position him in a way to get out? Or is it, you know, uh, or is he completely throwing me a curveball and that's not who I should be focusing on? For sure, yeah. So that's why I think he's a a great character, great ability. But in compared to all of the other abilities, he does, that definitely seems like the strongest of the set. So, I mean, that's all the pieces, that's all the the Mm, way that it all works. And when you put it together... It's a game that I I find fascinating personally because there's there's a psychological game that goes around it. Mm-hmm. You know, your your opponent is sitting there if you're Jack trying to guess who you are and all you're trying to do is is confound them. You don't actually have to do anything to win if you don't want yeah. to. You just have to make sure that they can't outwit you. And yeah. it, it's beautiful. It's sometimes beautiful just to watch them outwit themselves for you. Yeah, I have, I have two pro tips. The first one is uh, make sure you avert your eyes to not on the board. So, <laughs> look, so at, look at the tells. chip bowl, look at the uh, box art, mm-hmm. look at anywhere else but the board. Uh, and the other pro tip is think about your next turn on the next round. So think four steps ahead. Because literally. Well, because you know what yeah. the next four characters are that are coming yeah. up. And if you're Jack... Yep. You've got Think the opportunity the to, to use them first. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I'd add to that, if you're playing Mr. Jack, get Sherlock as fast as you can um, because having two identities hidden from the other, from the other side is just going to make things that much harder for them. Mm. There um, was, and if you're an investigator, get it as quick as you can as well. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. I think there were a few times where uh, I was really happy with the turns and these were around about round four three, four, five, where I was very happy with the outcome because I had, I considered them to be successful rounds. As, as, and I played Jack for the last three times we played. I played Jack mm-hmm. both all three times. Uh, I was considered myself successful if I didn't give any information away so, because uh, I didn't change the state of the characters. Like nobody got flipped because they were mm-hmm. in the right or the dark. And I figured that th- those were my best rounds purely because I didn't feel like I gave anything away. I might have, yes, there might have no, been little things that you could read, but in terms of information, direct information on the board, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that was, I felt very powerful. So this is something that. I really want to drill into a little bit. Um, you guys in your games, you 
you, the Mr. Jack didn't manage to win, did he? Never. Okay. The closest he got was as nearly nearly evading capture on turn eight. Mm-hmm. I, I've and, played, and, I've, and there's a caveat to that: was that I, as the investigator, I did nothing the whole game. I didn't even try. I texted Aaron. I so texted Kai. No, but you know I didn't. I mean, so you like? No, you, I know I mean, he was now, now we're doing podcasts. It's like <laughs> Matt's been claiming all week that he did really well in a particular game. But I don't, you know, this is just against the game. I don't think he did really well because I think the game. So you're telling us that you're like Inspector Lestrade. No, that, I'm you saying, know, you just, I'm you saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm around loved, and Sherlock brought you the answer. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> saying that I would like to play this against my seven year old daughter yeah. as Mr. Jack. And I think mm-hmm. my seven year old daughter would beat me as the investigator <laughs> because I couldn't, I don't think, I, in my opinion, it's very difficult for Mr. Jack. Obviously, there's play like you know we're talking mm-hmm. to Bruno. There's players that know this game inside and out. Yep. And uh, but I'd I'd love to know what those tactics are because I we didn't find them. Mm. And um, yeah. And I think like in those games that we played, in the end, I just totally disengaged as the investigator and didn't do anything. Okay. And so still won. So Matt, mm. you played Mr. Jack the last three times in a row. Yes. Uh, you got progressively. Closer and closer to, to doing it. Yeah. Did you enjoy playing Jack? I did. Because yeah. this is the thing, yeah. is that I, I've played this game easily a hundred times. Yeah. Um, you know, more than. I've got a, I've got a mate, whenever the, the two of us are there, either waiting for another game to start, you know, waiting for people to arrive, or afterwards, if we want to play something and, you know, it's, it's not late enough yet, <laughs> um, we pull out Mr. Jack. And I have played this game so many times. Usually, we argue over who gets to play Mr. Jack because we love it yeah. so much. Even though he's got the lower win percentage, even though yeah, the odds are stacked against him, that's the fun. That's the fun role, right? I it think is. That's the one you and play. and like we do it, you know, like yeah. probably about forty percent of the time. Like Bruno said, you know, Jack will win. Um, but just the chance to to really get in there and yeah, try and deceive your opponent. Absolutely, I reckon. I reckon if you're going to play it, play Mister Jack every time because that's that's where the fun's at. Just trying to find your way out. I reckon that's 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 the fun. That's the. It's fun a great cat there. and mouse game. Yeah. Uh, now, I talked about this with David the, the last time we played. The reason why I played Mister Jack three times in a row was because I asked you for some tips about mm-hmm. playing Mister Jack. And as a little aside, this isn't Matt's quiz because Matt's quiz is much shittier later <laughs> on. But yeah. uh, the three tips. Coming up. David had to try and guess what the three tips were that you gave me based on the way Ooh, I was playing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the first tip. Now, what did you think? What was the first tip? Uh, or I, one of the tips. I, I got two of them just on what your behavior was. Yep. So I put Jamie's Mr. Jack tips. My guess was stay in darkness. Mm, okay. Uh, and the number two was... Uh, let me just I've uh, put move blockade and manhole close to the exit. That's how you escape. Oh, okay, okay. That was there's on the map. There's a there's a manhole. That, there's two manhole manholes that are really close to exits, and you seem to move the blockade and the manhole that were closest to the exits. That gave you an immediate out. I think as the, opposed to the other two. I think you'll find the plural there is manhole. Man, yeah. I did struggle with that. Um, and right. it, that was the first, but it was just in the way you moved in the first um, in that game. And it made me realise that those manholes were there was two that were really right on the verge. So you could, if you get in there, you're out. You know, and that can happen from anywhere on the board. 
Well, that's the nice thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, these were these were Jamie's tips. So these yeah. are the things that I got off him. First one: always try to keep everyone in the light or everyone in the dark. Okay, you got that one. This you nailed is Mr. that Jack. one. That's the strategy. Yeah. Uh, number two: always be aware of the order of character selection and which characters are coming up. So always look yeah, to the next four that characters. Mm. Uh, on every, which is which is every a, even numbered turn. Yeah. No, every, every odd. Like on number one, you know who the next four oh, in, will be. in turn four. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah absolutely. The even yeah. ones you have no idea yeah. who's coming up yeah. next. And the third tip was that every power is good if you use them to ensure number one. So if you're using all the character abilities to ensure that the first one, keeping everyone in either the light or the dark yeah. happens, then that's that was his pro tip number three. Or tip for me, number three. Yeah, yeah. so it, certainly when you start playing this game, some characters seem infinitely better than others like like you said goodly you know stands mm. out because his well, power to drag three other people can theoretically you know completely throw out jack's calculations if jack allows him to be selected um yeah. but uh every single power in this game blocking off the manholes <clears throat> just having miss stealthy there threatening to run away yeah uh she doesn't actually have to do anything but the the fact that she's there means that the inspector has to take her to stop you from getting away. Mm-hmm. Um, every power in this game yeah, has the potential... The lamps, shining a light down like an immense amount, line yeah, yeah. of like John Watson. Yep. Yeah. It all has the potential to shake the opponent up. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think there is a bad power in the game. Uh, it's really a game of making choices about which... Which doing the damage control of which one is the least bad for my opponent? Mm. If my it's, opponent it's gets an it. interesting game in that I came up with a ton of pro tips I've got written here, and as the longer we played, sometimes I go back and disagree with those pro, mm-hmm. pro tips, you know, because I think no, that's not what it's about. I mean, you know, you're talking about characters, you know, you think Sherlock seems to be just he seems immediately when you first play the game, he's the overpowered character he but, seems he's, great. but he's totally not because later on you think hang on this guy's worthless now That's because right. there's so many people that have been um proved innocent mm-hmm. and if i just draw one of those i've gained nothing so I, I can yeah. move him for sherlock three spaces yeah uh, the, the first one that i had here was take an eternity over your round one move it feels like you've got to get into the game and get the flow going but i think you really need to think through especially the first round mm-hmm. um, because that's when on either side you want to make sure that you're either halving the two crowds or you're staying in a big clump and you've got more yeah. people to manage. That's so it. you've got to look at those four characters and see which one's going to achieve that goal. Yeah, look, Matt, Matt was spot on uh, when he said earlier that um, you... Uh, I've completely lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> what was it? Um, the- I don't remember now. It's okay. Move on. He was <laughs> right. If you rewind, Matt was wow. totally bang Holy on. Cow. There was something I was right yeah. about. Find, uh, find, find out that thing. And if anyone guesses what that thing I was right about and puts a comment <laughs> under this post... Well, send then, you a badge. Then, yeah, for sure. It says, Jamie needs more sleep. <laughs> I, I, I think we've covered most of my pro tips here uh, that, that already that I've got written down. Um, but in terms of that 60-40 break and you know our obvious, obvious affinity for playing Mr. Jack... Um, if you find, as Matt and I did, that um, it's a bit skewed towards the investigator in your early games until you properly master it, which I don't think Matt and I have yet, no. think of it. Think of it, if you're going to play this game um, as a Mr. Jack escape challenge, it changes the whole perspective on it. If you think of it initially in, in early games as a 
you know, either one of you can win kind of thing. Yeah. It can make you feel a bit bad if you're Mr. Jack and you never win, and you can feel a little bit hollow if you're the investigator and you always win. Um, obviously, th- this game goes deep, and you've got to learn it better than we have. But just think of it as a challenge for Mr. Jack to escape, and as you do that, you'll unlock um, play techniques as to how to do that. That's right. Um, now, we haven't discussed mm. it yet. Expansions? Expansions. Yes. Okay. So there is now... I'm having a look on the Board Game Geek. There's actually under the expansions. It not hasn't got them listed there. Well, Jamie, I can list them for you. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, we yeah. know these. So there's the Mr. Yes. Jack extension, which adds three new characters and uh, some modular rules for uh, starting characters on the board, uh, which Bruno talked to us about. Uh, there is Mr. Jack in New York, which is a standalone game, uh, which is completely... Reenvisaging the entire thing yeah. for Americans to understand. No, no, not at all. <laughs> no, no. Um, so it's actually a much more open board, uh, and are oh, less uh, things getting in the way open. Or well, no. Bigger. So, so one of the things is that from the start, the players set up the pieces where they want, and certain pieces, oh, right. certain pieces, like there's a guy who is a gardener. Uh, who can put down shrubberies, which are a blocking thing. Shrubberies. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, the pl- the plural of shrubberies is manhells. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's Mr. Jack in New York. There's Mr. Jack Pocket, which is a completely different game. Yeah, what's going on with that? I've seen that <clears throat> and uh, not know what to know. What it to make basically of it. uses that concept of people being able to see each other. Uh, you have Sherlock moving and Watson moving around uh, the board, uh, which is made of nine, nine, by, uh, nine three tiles, by three a three-by-three grid. By three grid. Um, and it's actually about manipulating the tiles so that they can or can't see uh, the other suspects okay. and, um, and narrowing down that way. So it's, it's interesting, but it is... Very, it has very little bearing on Mr. Jack. Okay. I was looking at it because it's on the App Store, and uh, so mm-hmm. I might still pick it up. But yeah, yeah look, it's an interesting little game, game but, but very different. Um, there is uh, The Phantom of the Opera, Le Phantom de Opera, yeah. uh, which is an uh, entirely different version of Mr. Jack, but it is essentially the original Mr. Jack redone. With some slightly different powers. My goodness, the, Apparently, uh, the board game look. The board looks amazing. It's yeah. like a, an opera house. Yeah. Well, it so is. Nice. It is a really beautiful game, but uh, apparently, it has some balancing things that that effectively bring it back to fifty fifty. Uh, oh, good for the for the investigators. Mm. And um, there's the electronic version that uh, Bruno the digital mentions. version that Bruno mentioned. Yep. There's also yep. a promo tile that you can get. From I think it was Spielbox, uh, called the carriage, which yes. uh, puts a carriage on the board that any character can jump in, and it will take them um, oh, a few boy. squares across the board yeah. uh, instead of uh, doing their regular thing. Ah. Um, it's really cute. It is insanely expensive because it was only printed in this one magazine. All oh, right. So yeah. when I fell in love with Mr. Jack, sadly yeah. it had already been out for like three years, and I had to pay like. 30 bucks oh, to get a copy one. of this, yeah, yeah. Of one this tile. one cardboard so, tile. Yeah. Mr. Jack, <laughs> Mr. Jack invocation. <laughs> <laughs> so once you know and you've got the template, you could just, yeah, make it yourself. You, you can, and I'm sure that there are files to do that <laughs> yeah. on Board Game Geek. 
Uh, all right, so that's that covers the expansion summary. It's look, it, you know, I was I was av- uh, arguing devil's advocate uh, there. Look, I love playing this game. It's mm. like it's it's like right in my wheelhouse. It covers all of the everything I'm looking for. It looks great. The components are great. It's super. I like, well, something that doesn't get mentioned in in when we were talking with with uh, Bruno or you guys are talking with Bruno is the the simplicity of it. I love games that are yeah. simple, just simple, and there's not like a ton of components. It's like the I keep saying this, but it's it's chess like. You know, once you yeah. learn how the pieces move, you've got everything you need. It's it's, it's like with <laughs> it's like what I said about code names. It's like if we had code names and we were designing it, I'd feel like I'd have to chuck a whole bunch more in there to make it more complex. But no. You back off and leave it simple, and it's and it's beautiful in that respect. And here's a game that looks good; it's way better than Code Names in my regard. And it's but it's equally simple. It's mm. nice and simple. I wasn't entirely sold on it those first few times that we played it. Uh, this is you know, a few months, several months ago now. But uh, that's because you know the the time we played it was re- relatively late. We had just played something else, uh, so I wasn't out. invested those first couple of times that we played it. But in the last few weeks, uh, I really have... Something did resonate with me. Yeah. I like that cat and mouse game. I like that deduction element. Uh, I don't mind losing as Mr. Jack. I had no problem because I, I had fun doing it. Still. Uh, because we haven't Trying mastered to it. Evade you. We haven't no. mastered it and we feel like there's more to it to still get. It's not like when you play a game and you just go, oh, it's broken, it's rubbish. So, you know, I'm not playing it again. Yeah. It's like we haven't... Ma- and you, can, you know you haven't mastered this so game Jamie, and you want to play it more. Yep. I want to know about your first time. <laughs> I don't know about your first time that you oh my God. managed to win as Mr. Jack. So, <laughs> the first time you managed to win as Mr. Jack, and, and I, I believe this is true of everyone in the world, <laughs> the first time you managed to win as Mr. Jack, your you first, are Bruno McCathala your first feeling is going to be just punch the air elation. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is hard. And it, the first couple of times, it's it's actually... It's a frustrating thing at times. Like, satisfying game, but just frustrating that you can't do it. And then you do it, and then you're like, okay, I see how I did that. You're either going to have gotten lucky because yeah. the inspector did something dumb and you escaped, because you shouldn't really be able to escape most of the time. It's, it's a very easily blockable move. Um, more likely, you manage to keep everybody in the light the whole way through the game, and you're like, okay, now I get it. Survive to round eight. I mean, uh, look, condition. without without bragging, you're, that means you're about <laughs> oh, okay. to brag. Okay. It yeah, does right. mean I'm about to brag. <laughs> yeah. um, I usually drop a character in round one, a character in round two, a character in round three. Uh, like up until about that, that's pretty. Up until about good. round four or five, uh, when the lights are all gone, I usually just keep everyone in the light. Um, mm. And like I've literally had turn one, all eight dudes are in the light. Have fun, investigator. You know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Is, has that happened? Then you've been able to do that because the investigator hasn't argued with that board state. They're like they haven't changed. They haven't seen the need to get them out of the light and into the dark because they know that you can't escape physically unless you're in the dark. So they're kind of like, well, if you're going to keep them in the light, then that helps me. Look, there, there are definitely escape. times when you flip four characters and mm. somebody takes one. And then both of you look at the others and know what's going to happen. You know, you know that yeah. no matter what, I know what, who I'm going to take. You know who I'm going to take, and I and, know if, who and you're even if take. I try <laughs> taking the other ones to throw you off, yeah, the, the effect is still going to be the same in the end. That I can either I I'm going to manage to get what I want, or you're going to manage to get to what you want. Yeah. Um, 
It's um, and uh, as you get experience, you literally you'll start to look at the four characters that come out and go, okay, I know what's going to happen here. I know how to block it or minimize the damage. Um, Actually, it's funny you're mentioning mistake. Uh, the first time we did play, and I the first time that I played the inspector. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did actually lose. Mr. Jack got away because I made a false accusation. I was down to two characters and I had to choose A or B and I chose B when it was A and, and so lost you that and, way. So you and David so, lied to me about yeah. uh, No, I just remembered that. I just remembered that, yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go. So, but, but that purely was, I believe, purely player error if i've got a choice of two and i choose incorrectly that's player error because i could have done something else well to if that happened to on turn eight that. then no it's not yeah oh well, um, that's desperation and that's, that's it. you're about to leave you could get out that way or you could be stuck in the middle and say yeah okay yeah. so turn eight and that's fair, that's fair sort of enough. that's sort of the trick is that you are just trying to prolong everything to the point where the investigator has to make a mistake mm. um that's that's the big thing with jack is if you can keep him backpedaling, trying desperately to sort you out um, for long enough, he's going to slip up. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds fair. <laughs> That's all right. Sounds fair to me. All right, so we've got about more 20, 20 more playthroughs than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, t- well I mean, this, is, this is the question. IOS. This is oh. the question, isn't it? Are you going to go back and play some more Mr. Jack? It's, it's undeniable. It's one of those games that I definitely will. Like, I, I knew after we played New Angeles, I loved that game. I enjoyed playing it. But when we packed it up, I thought, I said to Matt, I said, I don't think we're ever going to yeah. play this again just because we're busy. You know, we're that playing games different. all the time for the podcast. But you know what? I bet you Mr. Jack comes out as, you know, when we're playing another game down the track and we'll go, right, I think we've got this. Do you want to play Mr. Jack? Yeah, we've got time. Um, Let's pull it. Uh, we'll do it. But we found that it was, it's literally, it, it's a half-hour game. Uh, as it says on the box, from the time exactly, we set it up, yeah. we know where to, how to set up. And the rule book is really well designed. And that, at the back of the rule book, which is only six pages long, there's the setup oh, reference, which is a fold out from the actual rule book. Uh, which that's genius. Whoever yep, designed that, you just look at that, tip of the and hat. then you, you're ready to go. Uh, and as Bruno said. Um, you can all, always play without that and put the characters wherever you want as long as you come up with a common set of okay, an agreed-to way to position to select the, the That's characters. Bruno said it. Yeah, we can do it. it. So we can do it. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> so in summary, yeah. game's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I'm looking forward to the iOS version coming. Mm. Well, you know what? We've mentioned it enough. Why don't we uh, blob and listen to you guys talk to Bruno right now? Hello, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lovely to talk to you again. It's a pleasure for me as well. We want to congratulate you on your, uh, well, to start with, on your Spiel des Jahres uh, win for um, King Domino. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, thank you, thank you. It's so, so a big uh, honor for me to, to get this award. So, I'm yes, it's, it's incredible, in fact. It's, it's amazing. It, and... Such a good game, too. <laughs> yes, but and you know, I, I for sure there are some work be, uh, behind this prize, but uh, we, you know, you also need to be lucky. That means that uh, never mind the quality of the game, uh, depending on when it will be published, it can change everything. For example, imagine that, that Kick Domino would have been published one year earlier. We would have been in front of code names, for example, and I'm not sure the result would have been the same. <laughs> that's, that's true. 
<laughs> yeah. So look, on the show this month, we've been playing and we're talking about Mr. Jack, which is one of my favorite okay. games. Uh, so we, we want to start talking about that. Uh, can you tell me, I mean, it, it, it plays almost like chess after a certain point. When you, I've played so many games of Mr. Jack that, mm-hmm. you know, I recognize some of the openings and some of the, the things that my opponents will do and, and it sort of gives me an advantage sometimes. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm wondering, 11 years on, you know, uh, uh, from the creation of this game, how do you feel about Mr. Jack? Uh, are there are there things you would ever change? Do you do you look back and love it? Had what's what's your your opinion? So today, Mister Jack is still one of my favorite games. That means that I play it uh, very often. Uh, today it's not each week, but uh, but regularly I, I I like to play it against uh, very good players on the internet, for example. Uh, now, because I don't know if you know, but uh, it's, there is a way to play it online, in fact. Yes, I did say that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, today, it doesn't work very well, so that means that I've not playing it online for, for a while. But uh, in a few weeks, months, I don't know exactly, uh, there will be uh, an app on, uh, on your iPhone or tablet where you, you will be able to connect and play against an IE or against players all around the world. And at this time, I will play a game very often, I think. So that means that it's still one of my favorite games because I like two-player games. I like strategy games. Yeah. I've been expecting to see it on uh, Tabletopia. That's I've been playing on there a fair bit, and I noticed it's not there. But uh, no, it's not. Is, there something, is it something like that, uh, just a in general, or are we just talking just Mr. Jack being able to be played online. No, it's just Mr. Jack. Oh, yeah, right. Mr. Wow. Jack app. That's that's fantastic. Oh. Yeah. Um so when when you when you designed Mr. Jack, uh Yes. Were you um were you thinking you wanted to make a game that was about Jack the Ripper or were you thinking about the mechanics? How did how did it come to be? So first, I have to say that it's not a game that I designed alone. Of course. It's a co-design with Ludovic Maublon. And it's very important because the starting, the sparkling idea comes from him. We were uh, in Cannes for the French Game Festival. And uh, it, were, it was very late at night. And we were chatting together. And he, say, he asked me if I would like to design a game with him. I say, why not? Do you have an idea? And an answer, yes, it's light and darkness. And I say, and? But it's, he answered, <laughs> light and darkness. I would like to design a game where you can make things in the light that you cannot make in the darkness and, and so on. And that was, that was the starting ID. It was more a concept than a mechanism ID at, at, at that time. Sound fairly and abstract. Since this first sparkling ID, we began to brainstorm together what to do with that. First, I proposed to, to find what story we could uh, tell with such an, uh, an ID. And the first a team which came in mind was uh, Vampires. Oh, okay. Popular but at the time? 
But we didn't think it was such a good idea because at that time, it's a long time ago, <laughs> there were many uh, other games which were just been released with such a, a story. So we tried to find something else. And we've, we thought about someone hiding in the darkness and we thought about Mr. Jack, Jack the Ripper. And then we began to build the game around this idea with a hidden identity, etc. A kind of mix between a cluedo, I would, a clue, I, I, and mastermind, in fact. Yeah. If you're going to uh, uh, choose someone who is has is very enig- enigmatic and a lot of mystery shrouding their actual identity and so forth, he's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah, and that was ex- uh, what. I, we wanted to try to do, and we, what was exciting for us, it was to make to build the two-player games with uh, an asymmetrical uh, game. In fact, because uh, if you play the inspector side or Jack side, you don't play the same game. No, that's right. What's your? Do you have a, a win-loss ratio as Jack? How, how well have you done in general? Sorry, I didn't understood this time. Uh, so, are you better at Jack or better at the Inspector? Ah. Uh, I'm quite good both sides, but I have to recognize that it's easier to play on the Inspector side. I don't say that the, the, uh, you will win more easily, but uh, when you make a mistake uh, on the Inspector side, you will pay it at the end of the game because you don't have enough time to go to the uh, final uh, decision, in fact. When you make a, a mistake, a, a bad move playing Jack, you will be catched very fast after that. So that means it's easier to play on the inspector side and a lot of people are playing play really better that side. But for me... It's much more exciting to play on the jack side because I like this hidden identity and try to flee during the game. Was that a conscious decision that was made earlier to make it not as asymmetric? It, it has not been a decision, it's a result of yeah, what we fair enough, yeah. yes. Because, you know, the problem with asymmetrical games is how to balance them. And uh, frankly speaking, at first we thought that uh, it was quite well balanced, uh, uh, just because uh, Ludovic will say you that uh, a game is well when we are working together. The, the final balance is good enough when I'm winning each time against him, <laughs> which, which was the case. Never mind if I was playing Jack or if I was playing the Inspector. But in fact, then the game became really, really popular, and we had a lot of uh, games which was registered online on the website I was speaking earlier, and then we, we could make some statistics. And with the statistics, we, we discovered, because when you are playtesting, you make some 10, 20, 30 games. It's yeah. a lot, but it's not enough for, to have a real uh, view of, of final stats, in fact. But with the online games, we had some 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 games which have been registered. And I can say today that the balance gives 60% chance to the inspector to win. 
That's uh, diff- very much a different experience than what I've had playing the game. <laughs> Sounds about right yeah. to me, though. <laughs> so, um, Bruno, I, I often sort of compare Mr. Jack to, to chess. I've played, played the game hundreds of times against the same opponent, and you know we, we start to recognize each other's moves. Do you think that there are um, do you think that there are sort of best opening moves or best moves in Mr. Jack? Yes, there are. Uh, because uh, like uh, some some people uh, in France have created uh, a, a kind of a blog where they, they, they play against it was the best player here and they have developed quite a, a kind of uh, opening library, in fact, depending on who is the suspect, etc., etc. And you have first move, which is quite automatic for them, in fact. Oh, that... But you need to have played a lot before coming here. <laughs> and, you can, and if you don't like that, you can apply the rules that you have uh, in the um, uh, expansion, that means that you can introduce free uh, a, a free placement of uh, of uh, characters before the game. Actually, that was something we were saying. I think David and I mentioned that to to each other. That uh, yeah, we'd like the the opportunity to place characters where you want them to go. Maybe it's an alternating thing. We have we haven't had so, the advantage of playing the expansions yet. So we but, didn't know what was in there. But you can use that without the expansion. That means it's... Do you want me to explain how it works? Please, yeah. yeah. Yes. So first, um, the Jack, the, the player who plays Jack uh, takes his card so he, he knows he, um, he know his identity, okay? Then there is the, the board is full empty. Uh, uh, the lights and the police uh, token are placed like normally in the game, okay? Yes. Uh, then, you draw the first four character cards. Jack go first. No, or the inspector, I don't remember. No, the, the inspector, sorry, goes first. He takes one, one, type, one character card and he plays the token wherever he wants on the board. Then Jack takes the two uh, of the three remaining characters and plays them where he wants on the board, and then the inspector makes the same for the fourth one. And then you draw the four remaining characters, and you do the same in the opposite way. That means that Jack begins to place one character on the board, then the inspector places two, and, and Jack plays the last one. And then the, goals, the, the game begins and goes on, like it's explaining the rules. You, you understand what I mean? That means yes, that the yes. placement is, is made the same way as the turn order, in fact. That's, that's very exciting. And, and this gives you a lot of new possibilities if you want to play it differently, even if you are playing always against the same opponent. I think it's wonderful that, uh, that you've made a game that you still want to play uh, this, this yeah. far lo- along. Uh, it's one of the things that uh, I always find exciting about games is that you can go back and revisit something that you played years and years ago and it's, it feels fresh and new and exciting. Mr. Jack yeah. never never stopped feeling new and exciting for me. It's a, a really great game. Yes. 
but but you know it's um, because it's also my way of working that means that when i design a game when i'm designing a game i design the game i want to play for myself now that means that i'm never thinking about who will play this game it's a game for me and this is the reason why even after it has been released very often i continue to play it again and again and this is one of the reasons why maybe uh, it's not easy, but uh, I'm, uh, I have some facilities to, to design expansions because you can design a, a real expansion only if you have played the games a lot because you want to refresh your own um, vision of a game. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I played yeah. Yamatai for the first time uh, last week. I really, really like that game. Um, which one? Yamatai. Okay, Yamatai, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, really, really enjoyed it. It's it's a great game, but I've only played it once, and I can see that there's so much more in the game. <laughs> it's going to keep me going for quite a while. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, let's let's move into today. Uh, so, you've just won uh, Spieliars for, uh, for King Domino. Yeah. What went through your head when you got that nomination, and then how did it feel to to actually win the prize? It it has been, and it is still a lot of emotion for me. It means really something important for me. Um, I have the unique chance to be able to to work in something which is more than a job for me. It's just my passion, so this is priceless. But uh, it has not been an easy way uh, because I don't know if we spoke about that uh, the last time, but uh, before I was working as engineer in, uh, in R&D for Tungsten Alloys. That means that it was really interesting and I was winning my life quite easily. For some personal reason, I, I divorced. And then I was fired. That means that uh, to find a new job, I had to leave the, the place where I'm living today. That means that I have to leave my children. And this was not bearable for me. That's the reason why I tried to build my own activity uh, with games. But for the 10 first years, even with games successful like Mr. Jack or Shadows of a Camelot, each month it, I was close not to be able to pay my rent, which was absolutely not comfortable like you can imagine. Mm. And during 10 years, very often, I was asking myself if I made a good decision. And today, with some games working better like Five Tribes, Seven Wonders Duel, and now King Domino, and now the Spiel des Jahres. It's like people say to me, you were right. And, and it means a lot for me. It's not a question of winning more money. It's just, yes, you made the good choice. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why it has been a lot, and really a lot of emotion. I was completely stunned when they, they say King Domino. It was I I cannot breathe anymore at that time. <laughs> That's amazing. 
So people were crying around me, but I, I was not in position to, to, to move. It took me maybe half a minute to be able to, to move and to go on the scene and to try to say something, but uh, it was like I was there and not there. It was so incredible for me. What was the ceremony like? Did they? Did, was it just an envelope they open up and announce it? Or do you, oh, no, you, no. You <laughs> they, they do it very well. That means that uh, first, uh, it's, so the ceremony takes place on the Monday morning. But first, you have to go there on the, for the Sunday evening. That means there is a dinner before the ceremony, the, the day before, where all the nominated are there and also the members of the jury, etc. It's, it's, on one hand, it's very nice, friendly, etc. But on the other hand, the stress become, begins there, like you can imagine, because you have with friends which are also your opponents, in fact. <laughs> so everybody is happy and stressed. And the, sun, the Monday morning at half past nine, first you have to go in the room where the ceremony will take place for a repetition. Because you have the cameras, you have the photographs, etc. And they explain you exactly how it will work at which time you have to go on the scene for first for, to receive your diploma and for first photos, etc., etc. And, and first, you have the first part of the ceremony, which is the same from what I had after, but which is for Kennerspiel, the, the game for experts. Yeah? Yes. Yep. And you have the first game is presented, the team of the games go on the scene, etc. Then the second game, then the first game, and you have the uh, the revelation of the winner at the end. And the winner was exit with uh, Marcus and Inka uh, Brandt. That's right. Yeah. Which, I know, which I know little, and which I, I, I appreciate. And I could saw their emotion. And this became to make me more stressed, in fact. <laughs> and then it's your turn. So presentation of King Domino... <sighs> Okay, then the second game, then the third game, and everybody is waiting. And in your head, it's incredibly uh, um, crazy because it's for me, it will be not for me. Uh, it's like uh, she loves me a little, uh, <laughs> she loves me a lot, she loves me absolutely not. <laughs> you know, it's always like that in your head until they say King Domino, which was expected for me for sure I, I was hoping maybe it would be but and it was unbelievable at the same time that's wonderful you said to me you said to us before that uh, that you it, it felt like people were saying that you were you were right in making your choice uh, yeah. when you win Spiel Diaz um, when you're designing does it ever enter your head? You know, maybe this is a game that could win Spiel des Jahres, or maybe this is a game that could win Origins, or something like that? No. Uh, in fact, it, it didn't come in my mind by myself. Uh, the, the possibility that maybe King Domino could have a chance for Spiel des Jahres uh, began just after Essence uh, last year. Because uh, after the release of the game, I received some mails of 
people coming from different countries, uh, which I know, and saying me, hey, I played your games, it's really good. Hey, guy, this time it's for you. Spiel des Jahres is for you, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, it's, uh, I say, well, you are, you are very nice to say that to me, but uh, let's see. Uh, we are very far, far from, uh, from the event. And first, uh, to win the Spiel, first you have to be nominated. And uh, I'm not sure I will be nominated. Because, you, su- you see, two years earlier, I had the release of Five Tribes. And Five Tribes has been really well received for the gamers community. And I received at that time some messages uh, saying the same thing. Hey, you see, with that game, we will be uh, in position to have something with Kennerspiel this year. And in fact, I was not nominated with a Five Tribes, and I was not in the recommended list as well. So, okay, it was nice that people loved my games, but I refused to think about Spiel at that time. Then, in uh, February, you have a Nuremberg event in Germany. You know that? Yes, yes, I know Nuremberg. Yep. So in Nuremberg, my, I was not there, but my publisher came back from Nuremberg and said me, called me to say, hey, quite all the professionals think that King Domino will be nominated. I say, well, let's see. And yes, it was nominated, but it was a first very good surprise for me because uh, I didn't want to believe that maybe it will be nominated. So it, it has never been a wish for me to be nominated. And I never thought about any nomination when I was designing the game. When, you, when you're looking at the new, the new games that you're designing, is your passion for designing something new or do you like to go back and revisit those older games and expand on those? Which, where's your preference? Ah, I like both. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yes, it's, it's like, uh, it's not exactly the same, but on another hand, you know that I'm designing games alone and sometimes with co-designers. And I have no preference. I like both. And for my games, it's also the same. I like to design new games. And I also like to have the opportunity to make expansions or to work some games I made sometimes 10 years before, but which had not the, a good visibility at that time. Maybe today, I have, if I have an opportunity to give them a second life, I'm really grateful for, for that because it's games that I love. <laughs> when you approach... Uh, for a collaborative partnership on a game, uh, is is it? Do you seek others out, or are you sought out for these games? It depends on the game. Uh, the both both exist. For example, for um, for for Mister Jack, we were at the same place at the same times, chit chatting, and the idea came like that. In fact, but sometimes I have an idea, and I don't want to develop the games alone, so. I'm asking myself who could be the best partner for me. And depending on the kind of games, it could be Bruno Feduti or Serge Laget or Anton Bozard or never mind. Mm. And sometimes you have some guys who came to work. We know that I'm working a lot with co-designers and we have a starting idea. 
that they are not able to develop correctly and they come to me to ask me if I would be interested in. So it, it depends. Mm. Yeah. You have a new game coming out soon from Bombix called Imaginarium. Yes. Uh, what can you tell us about that game? First, I can tell you that uh, it's uh, uh, Florian Siriex, who is each my co-designer, who came to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then uh, it's a game in um, how I would say uh, Steam Onirich. Uh, team. That means like steampunk in a dream uh, atmosphere. Uh, people, the players are uh, in a dream fabric, in a dream factory, sorry, and uh, they want to, to become the, the big machinist of the dream factory and we have to repair some very strange machines. So it's it's kind of, ge- of um, gestion, gestion, Okay. Uh, you have, you have uh, I would say no resource management. Um, it's card driven and uh, yes, it, and with a very very um, how to say strange new uh, graphic design. It, yeah, I've seen one picture of it. Looks amazing. Yes. It's, it's very unique, I think. It's one thing what I really like with this publisher. It's that uh, he really takes care of the artwork, and he wants to make to. He always wants to try to surprise uh, the people, the, the players. And I'm not sure that everybody will love this artwork, but I'm really uh, proud to have something unique. In fact, so Bruno, do you, do you have any more games or expansions coming out soon that we? don't know about yet have you decided what's going to win spiel the hours next year <laughs> <laughs> uh, first uh, i don't know if if you know that but i have a second expansion which should be released very soon for uh, five tribes yes so uh, for next then end of this summer i will have a first expansion for jamaica oh. which will be named the crew okay yeah yeah uh, next year, I will have a second expansion for Abyss. Yeah, I love Abyss. Looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and uh, I think that's, that's all for expansions. Uh, at the end of a game, no, not not uh, not uh, at the end of a year. Sorry, in Essen or beginning of a year for uh, foreign countries, I will have a game published by Purple Brain, which will be named Oliver Twist. Oh, wow, based on the book. Yes, Yes. it will be a co-design with Sébastien Pochon, which is the designer of uh, Jaipur, for example. Yes. Um, I will have, at the end, for reason, this year, a game which will be named Queen Domino. (laughs) (laughs) So, Queen Domino is a standalone game. That means you don't need King Domino to play it, and it's uh, the same kind of selection of the tiles and the same way to uh, place them together, but it's a little more uh, dedicated to expert gamers. That means that you have much more inside than in King Domino. Uh, You have a seventh color, which is the city, and in the city you have no crowns, but you you can build some specific buildings 
which and each building has its own way to um, to 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 make points. In fact, at the end of a game, and you have money because you have to buy to build these specific buildings, etc. So it's uh, it's a little more complicated, but really interesting, in my opinion, for sure. Is there a way uh, that we can mix and and and? It's not only a standalone. That means it's a standalone and an expansion. That yeah. means that you can sit with the first one, and that way you can play at four players on a seven by seven grid, for example. Oh wow, that sounds or wonderful! You could, or you can play up to eight players on a seven by seven grid, but with teams of two players. And next year, I will also have uh, an expansion for King Domino. Which will be as simple as the, the initial game, and just allow, not just allowing also to play up to five players. Keeping yourself very busy, Bruno. Speaking yeah, of, yeah. <laughs> speaking of busy, I was listening back to the last time that you spoke with the guys, uh, with us, and yeah. you were talking about working, uh, getting working experiences in a game store. Have you kept that up? <laughs> No, 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 it's, uh, I, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I have no time for that today. <laughs> but I was working, I was working in, in, in the game store for just for money uh, reasons, because uh, like I explained, I have some difficulties to, to, to pay my rent, so I needed to make something to have a side job, in fact. So today, things are going better uh, due to Five Tribes, and uh, thanks, I'm really grateful for with Antoine. Bozart, because uh, when you offered me to, to to work on Seven Wonders Duel, it has been such a gift for me. Are you a are you a visitor of game stores and or game cafes, things like that? Yes, for sure. Do you have a yes. well, Do you have a, a particular spot where you are that that you would definitely have no hesitation in recommending to people? Yes, in, in Annecy, donc, which is a city close to, uh, to, to where I'm living, there are two main game shops, which are named Ludo Cortex for the first one and Magic Bazaar for the second one. And you, you can go there and you will always have a, a good advice. In, never mind of your experience in games, they will not try to sell you something. They will just try to, uh, to, to present you games which are uh, corresponding to your experience. That's nice. really good. All right, Bruno, I, I'm not sure if you remember from last time, but we, we usually end our interviews by asking uh, our guest how they arrange their games on the shelf. Since you've already done that, we're going to ask you instead, it's about a year since we talked to you last, what are three games that you've added to your, your game shelf that you're really enjoying? Okay, um... I will speak about uh, Captain Sonar. Ah, great game. Captain Sonar, it's more than a great game. It's a unique game. That means that uh, I don't know if there is another game which can give you the same kind of, of uh, game experience, in fact. It's very... It's, you have to play it by team and uh, at the same time. Not turn by turn to have a real taste of a game, in my opinion. But it's incredible. I had the, the sensation to be in a in a U-boat uh, in a submarine story, you say, like uh, Red October, for example. It was the same feeling. It was incredible. 
I was in a movie, fucking fact. Oh, wow. So, uh, second game I would like to speak uh, is uh, Flamme Rouge. Yeah, Do you know race, racing game. It's, yes, it's a bike racing game. It's so easy, so clever, and so close to reality because uh, when you uh, like bike, it's, uh, biking, etc. And uh, yes, I, I really enjoyed that game. And the first, third one, which is also very different, is Santorini. Oh, uh, yeah. I like two-player games. I like abstract games. I like games with nice components. What could you expect more of Santorini? <laughs> it's a beautiful game. Ah, it's fantastic. Yes. All right. Bruno, look, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. I'm sure that we will probably talk to you again next year <laughs> for one of your games because no, we'd, you we'd love to play them. <laughs> you will be welcome, for sure. <laughs> I just hope that, that I was understandable enough. <laughs> and uh, with any luck, I'll see you at Gen Con. Uh, I'll be there and uh, I'm hoping that you will too. <laughs> I will be there, for sure. Great. Science Quiz. It sure is Matt's quiz. I love that theme tune. Thanks, Daniel. (laughs) Thanks, Daniel. All right. Are you ready for Mr. You Don't Know Jack's quiz? No. You don't know Jack. (laughs) I don't know Jack. You look ready, Jamie, actually. You Mm. look calm. You look composed. You've got your pen there. Oh, that's not my ready face. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell me I look like that. (laughs) Let's turn it around. Let's get him unready. Question one. How many murders were directly attributed to Jack the Ripper? How many murders were directly attributed to Jack the Ripper? Do you hear that? Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, and these are what are known as the uh, canonical murders. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a bunch of others where they think that he did it. Yeah. But these are... are But it could just be other people who are just reading prostitutes. According to conspiracy theories (laughs) shows on Netflix, which... People were murdered by Jack the Ripper. <laughs> yeah. I God, I watched some rubbish shows during the week about uh, alien conspiracy things. It was so much fun. You said it kept you up. Scared it did. It, scared, yeah. it did. One of them scared me. I managed to scare myself. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've seen where, where he lives now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Especially on a foggy <laughs> yeah, night. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't come right. outside. Australia has a, a really, really stoic his tradition of... Serial killers in forests, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. You've got to be proud of something. Everyone's got to have hobbies. Speaking of being proud, be proud yes. of the way you answer question two. Okay. Which of the following was not published in 1888? So Ooh. I'm going to give you four titles of things. Yeah. And you tell me which one is not published in 1888. The Man Who Would Be King by Rudyard Kipling. Mm-hmm. Wessex Tales by Thomas Hardy. The Mystery of Clumba by Arthur Conan Doyle. The Lady from the Sea by Heinrich Ibsen. <laughs> okay. So which of the following was not published in 1888? The Man Who Would Be King by Kipling. Wessex Tales by Hardy. Mystery of Clumba by Doyle. And Oh, Doyle Rules! And Lady from the Sea by Ibsen. 
Now, if you don't know, of course, Ibsen is a playwright. Question three. On October 14th, 1888, author Ambrose Bierce... Bierce. It's pronounced Bierce. Yes, Ambrose Bierce. started really early on in her career. (laughs) Yeah. He's, Author of course, Ambrose the great-grandfather of the Bjork we all know and yeah. can't stand. <laughs> oh. Hey, I used to like Bjork. Hey, talk like that, you'll meet an army of me. <laughs> so, <laughs> what I did there. Oh, so on October 14th, 1888, author Ambrose Bierce secretly released a short story based on which supernatural phenomena? Oh, boy. Released a short story based on which supernatural phenomena? It's a okay. narrow field. Um, <laughs> well, we're talking 1888 here. Too, yeah. What so. sort of what sort of supernatural fields were they into in 1888? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Go. Question four. Name the Jack the Ripper inspired movie starring Johnny Depp and Heather Graham. Oh, I saw Heather Graham in something the other day. Oh, that's not Horns. Uh, oh, I watched right. Horns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heather okay, Graham cool. was in that. Yeah, she was the waitress. That okay. was just, just wanted to get on telly. I thought and, you were uh, going to say you saw her in uh, like David Jones or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, we were hanging at the bar afterwards and I said, I saw you in Horns the other night. <laughs> we said, yeah, I like that part. I got bit by snakes and stuff. So, name so what was the, the actual movie? question? Name the Jack the Ripper inspired movie starring Johnny Depp and Heather Graham. It was based on a novel. Right. Uh, Jamie's no, confidently that's... nodding here. He looks like he's definitely got the answer. Jamie was going to say more, but decided not to give David the answer. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. That was question four. Question five. Is it comic book related? Uh, no. What? It's not comic book oh. related. Well, that means that answer You mean question wrong. five is not, not comic book related? Question four. Question five. <laughs> yeah, go on. Question five. How many sovereign nations existed in 1901, according to Wikipedia? This is a, You've got three answers. This is a George Bush question. It's like, well, a sovereign nation is a... <laughs> You've got multiple choice. Rolled by multiple a choice. sovereign. <laughs> How many sovereign nations existed in 1901? Because I couldn't find a listing for 1888. Uh, according to Wikipedia. Is it 73, <laughs> 74, or 75? Yeah, all right, good. All right. So I narrowed next. it down because you, uh, you know, complained about there being such disparity. But why sovereign nations, Matt? Why, just why did that come up? Because you were just sitting at home going, God, I love sovereign nations. Well, (laughs) I wish I had a question about them. Oh, look, I've only got six questions and seven. Is something like that? Is that what happened? It was one of those things. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've got to have seven questions. Okay. So, (laughs) how many sovereign nations existed in 1901, according to Wikipedia? Is it 73, 74, or 75? There are no sovereign nations in the game, Mr. Jack, or maybe one. (laughs) (laughs) Question six. Six Sherlock Holmes stories were started in 1888 for one point each. Oh, no. You've got each one you get correct. You're not going to say name them. What? (laughs) Come on. You two pride yourselves as being Arthur Conan Doyle, Sherlock Holmes aficionados. Yeah, I read them. I think this should be very easy for you. (laughs) Very easy. (laughs) You're going to get one point for every one you get right, okay? So there are six of them. Sure. Right. There are six. Six stories that he started in 1888. Far out. So that you is... mean the story begins in 1888? Um, or, or he well, started? I th- oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no! <laughs> hey, him. 
Matt's quizzed the Strikes again. <laughs> you know what, Joey? Just name, just name six stories. That's my plan. And just hope that it happens. Oh, I don't think that... I've just thought of one, which I don't think it will oh, be. I, I thought I wasn't going to have a Matt's quiz question, but I got one. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I think the number five was a proper Matt's quiz question. Uh, okay. No, no, this that. is a good one because, yeah, um, you're right. Was it the story started in the story plot started in 1888 or did he start writing it in 1888? Uh, I'm looking, I'm thinking about how it was written and I don't know the answer to that. But anyway, okay. These are all name, Sherlock Holmes stories. Name six Sherlock Holmes stories. Yeah. I think it's. Jeez. It's the new question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and and uh, I will won't accept anything miss any words missing. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> and I thought I wasn't going to get a crazy question. All right, I did. <laughs> oh, I'm stumped now, man. I said this is what happens when I drink too much beer while you two interview you know, sorry, uh, Bruno Cathala. I can only think of three <laughs> Sherlock Holmes stories. I thought this was going to be a perfect question for you guys because you're always you, out of the three of us. Hey, hang on, hang on. Both, I love, I love when you say three sure. Sherlock Holmes stories, do they have to be written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, these ones, yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh. I would say so. It's going to sneak some gaming in there. No, um. no, no. I, I can clarify because I, where I got these from, it was actually a list of events in 1888. So these these six stories were started or commenced writing in 1888. Right. I, I think I think I we've talked it. about. This I just remember where I found it. Uh, and there's one more question to go. Yeah. Thank goodness for that. Oh, sorry. I mean, looking forward to it, Matt. <laughs> Ready to go, to Is this oh, question yeah, number yeah. eight? Okay, question number seven. seven. <laughs> Inventors of the new modern era. In 1888, Nikola Tesla invented what? Fucking everything. In 1888 specifically. Oh, okay. Uh... I'll give you a hint. There were two things. <laughs> and right. He invented what? And it was, oh, right. It's so, no. okay. Oh, okay. Right, next one. Oh, there's got eight questions now. No, there's, no, no there's, there's three parts to this one. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. No, okay, I should have prefaced that with A, Nikola Tesla invented what? Right. B, John Boyd Dunlop invented what? Right. And C, Marvin Stone patented what? Marvin Stone. Mm-hmm. In 1888. Nikola Tesla S- invented something. Stonewashed jeans. John Boyd Dunlop <laughs> invented something and Marvin Stone. Oh, Marvin now. Marvin. Isn't that what I said? You Marvin? said Martin? No, Marvin. Marvin Stone. Martin Stone, yep. <laughs> patented something. <laughs> uh, leather <laughs> is what I'm going to put. He... One of these I think we've done. All right. Marvin Stone. Uh, okay. That would be the... Oh, did, Believe what, me, the answer is as when, ridiculous as the question. When were rocks discovered? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Geology. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see how many we can oh, get wrong, I, David. I wish I hadn't said stonewashed jeans out loud. That would definitely be my answer right now. Right. I will race you to the bottom, David. Yeah, oh, well. <laughs> question one. How many mur- murders were directly attributed to Jack the Ripper? Uh, you're the guest, Jamie. Eight. Oh, I went with eight as well. I made it look like a spider, so it was ominous. The Ooh. answer was five. That's close. <laughs> but because you both got the same answer, there's no point. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. There were <laughs> just like the rest of the questions. Yeah. yeah. There were Especially number five, <laughs> six, and seven. <laughs> there were five. Oh. All right. Five. They were the five uh, canonical murders, and then mm-hmm. everything else. Everything else he didn't do with a cannon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Question two. Uh, which of the following was not published in 1888? The Man Who Would Be King, Wessex Tales, The Mystery of Clumba, The Lady from the Sea. You know, what do you think there? Jamie, Jamie, this is why I have a, a bag of dice yeah. so uh, uh, right beside me. Uh, but none of them are D4s, so I'm lost <laughs> oh, no. for this one. But I've gone with the Rudyard Kipling uh, A. The Man Who Would Be King? Careful, yeah. you're putting Jamie, back on the loss. you say? Uh, the Mystery of Clumba by Doyle. The answer is The Mystery of Clumba oh. by Dale oh. Doyle. Got it a came, point. That, were, that was published in 1889. Hey. 1889. All right. Question three. It's not a bag of dice. On then. October 14th, 1888, author Ambrose Bierce secretly released a short story based on which supernatural phenomena, Jamie? I wrote seance. David? Oh, I, I put possession. Okay. The answer was supernatural disappearance. Okay. Interestingly oh. enough, <coughs> yeah. he, uh, this he... is when you're sick of your wife and you just go, oh, <laughs> I feel all sort of spiritual and everything. Just go to bed. Maybe I might get. <laughs> might not be here in the morning. And then you yeah. climb out the window. Yeah, yeah you climb out uh, the window. <laughs> interestingly enough, he, uh, he himself mysteriously disappeared in 1913 after <laughs> traveling to Mexico <laughs> to gain first hand experience of the Mexican Revolution. Mysterious. <laughs> it's not sure. that mysterious, no. is it? No. Uh, nobody knew what happened to him after 9 Crazy times. Okay. <laughs> Question four. Name the Jack the Ripper-inspired movie starring Johnny Depp and Heather Graham. David. Oh, uh, I put From Hell. Jamie. I put From Hell. The answer was From Hell. <laughs> Isn't that a comic book? It know. is. Yeah. It's also based it on is a graphic <laughs> novel by uh, Alan Moore. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Thanks for the anti. I I think I thought it was originally a book, and then it was adapted into a comic, and then don't understate. Don't understate your position, Matt. You're the I don't know the order of things. Question five. Let's start with that one. How many sovereign nations exist in 1901, according to Wikipedia? Is it 73, 74, or 75, Jamie? 73. I've rolled my D3, and it came up 75. (laughs) 73 is the answer. Ah, bloody hell. And I had a look at the list, and there are some really interesting countries that aren't there anymore. Mm. Yeah. Or just don't exist anymore, like That's Rhodesia, for example. Like, exact, just change exactly their names. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, have been assimilated by others. Or, oh, okay. I mean, when you think about it, there are two Also, we need, we need to stop using Wikipedia because the answer could have been a turtle. Yeah, it's okay. My quiz, my research. <laughs> Which one of these turtles was a sovereign country in 1888? <laughs> Okay, question six. Uh, six Sherlock Holmes stories were started, as in commenced writing, in mm. 1888 for one point each. For each one you get correct, name them. Uh, let's, uh, well, I guess we can go backwards and let's forwards. Let's go backwards Jamie. and forwards. I, the Hound of the Baskervilles. I've got that one too. Point. Hey! That's a point. Uh, study in Scarlet. No point. Oh, oh. I also had that. Okay. Um, uh, the Adventure of the Blue Carbuncle. Oh, that's a good one. No point. Oh, I didn't have but that. It one. is a good one. <laughs> Sign of the Four. Point. Hey, you got that one? Yeah. I didn't have that one. Huh. Uh, the Crooked Man. No point. Oh. 
Now, my next two titles are a bit dodged because I can't remember the proper names of them, but there was the one about the redheads. <laughs> you know, the, the collection of it's the It's called red- the Redheaded League. The re- yeah, the yeah. Redheaded League. No point. No. Uh, you deserve a point just for naming it. Yeah, um, and not using the word ginger or <laughs> any of the other derogatory terms we have. Silver Blaze. No point. Oh, oh. Nice one. Oh, seen that I've got the the one about the Rickon Rickon back falls, but that one's definitely not on there. You it's tell not. Me. No. You tell me because that's the, the his end. last. Yeah, his last bow is that what it's called? I think. I know it's the it's the last story of the first yeah, batch yeah. before he gets that's right. convinced to come back. Fair enough. Um, I had uh, the the Italian secretary. No point. Are we out yet? I, I think we are out. Yeah, I can't. Right. There was. Uh, How to the Baskervilles. Tell as us said. the six random Sherlock Holmes stories you discovered. Sign of four, <laughs> as said. Yep. Greek interpreter. Okay. Yellow face. Mm-hmm. Mm. A scandal in Bohemia. Yep. Oh, that one, yeah. And Valley of one. Fear. Oh, no, okay. Well, I've only heard, uh, the ones I didn't get, I've only, you know, consciously know of knowing of the, um, and now I've forgotten again. What was the, what was the one that I responded to? Uh, Sign of four. No, a scandal in Bohemia. Oh, look, oh, okay. I had the Italian oh, right, secretary. Yeah. That's like a Greek interpreter, isn't it? <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> European talker is uh, what I had. <laughs> I would have paid that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. So there we go. Uh, and last one, question seven, inventors of the modern era. We're Nikola Tesla listener. invented. Yeah. What did Nikola Tesla invent, Jamie? Oh, I couldn't decide between alternating current and a Tesla coil. But so I'll go alternating oh, current. Oh, I put both of those. Yeah? Yeah, high five. High five. <laughs> okay, well, the answer I got here is the... Uh, the alternating current motor and transformer, which I guess that's right. He Yay. invented transformers. Yes, that. Yeah, his, his first one was Optimus Prime. Wow. <laughs> Actually, no, it was Optimus Prime's like optimal prime. And bumblebee, then, uh, bumblebee, 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 <laughs> bumblebee. Like uh, John Boyd Dunlop invented David. Uh, the pneumatic tire. Can you elaborate on that, Jamie? Uh, no, I said the tennis racket. <laughs> the tennis shoe. <laughs> uh, oh, that's good. Is it? Uh, the falconized no, rubber. Right. <laughs> uh, okay, you've got pneumatic tire, absolutely, but I was looking for the first commercially viable pneumatic tire. Oh, oh right. you can have a point so, for that. So yeah, you can have a you can have a point for that. All right, Marvin Stone patented what oh. fabulous invention, Jamie? It's oh. such a good joke here, but I can't. I know, right? It's got to look. It's got to be something to do with a car, hasn't it? Let's. Uh, it let's has nothing to do with a car. Let's say the telephone. <laughs> oh, I've got an answer. Yeah, uh, Sharon Stone's great grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> he, pat- he, patented he patented himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he totally did. Like he gave his wife gave birth to it, and he went, "Man, that's a great baby. Let's put a patent on it. No one else can make another one of those." Well, if that baby was called... I'm ready to tick that. If that baby was called the spiral winding process to manufacture the first plastic drinking straws, then you're correct. <laughs> Just look, for the sake of everyone listening, how the fuck are we supposed to know that? <laughs> Just like, oh, Matt's quiz. Are we done? Needs and twos, needs and twos, needs and twos. Needs and twos, this is the area for your needs and twos. Uh, of course, we've had the uh, Game of the Month special for uh, Mystic Vale running all month, because mm-hmm. that's how it works, yeah, right? Game, Game of, of the month. month, it's right there in the name. Yeah, and uh, so we've had uh, oh, a few people making comments and stuff. Have you got yes. some people you'd like to mention there, Matt? I'd like to shout out to uh, Amy Lawrence, who uh, Perth local. No relation. <laughs> no, no relation. No relation. A no, veil of mystic card crafting, mind blown. 
Yeah, Amy's mind has been blown just yeah. by the, the uh, Mystic Veil vale having been born. <laughs> nice, simple comment. I like, uh, I like the subtle ones. Norton Roughly, he, uh, he said that the game has layers. Yeah, so I can see yeah. what he's trying to do that because we're putting layers oh, I can of see what you're up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, we did say, I, I snuck in right at the end of the comment, the, the post for this is add an emoticon slash emoji, whichever one is the correct terminology. Thanks, Aaron and Kai. Um, whichever one's correct, uh, add an emoji to the end of your uh, comment to show that you've read this far. And uh, several people did that. Many people didn't because they, they didn't read you need to start mixing them up intentionally just to upset Aaron and Kai. Call them emojicons. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. What, yeah. Oh, emojicons. You heard it here first. <laughs> and, and then tell the emojicons to transform and roll out. Mm. Emojis. Right. Well, we'll let you know who won Mystic Veil in a second. But uh, the Game of the Month special this month is for Mr. Jack. Uh, Good Games are giving any of our listeners 10% off Mr. Jack by stating the password. Bruno is my homeboy. Bruno. It's my homeboy. And you can get the T-shirt as well for that, I believe. I have the T-shirt. Oh, <laughs> surprise. Um, yeah, so you can get that discounted any good game store that has been built since 1888. Uh, none of the stores <laughs> wow. before that are participating. Uh, and this lasts just for July. So if you're red hot for Mr. Jack, don't wait until August or any of the months that follow. It's only going to happen in July and while stocks last. What if 10% off isn't enough for me, David? You can go and win it by commenting on the Facebook post for this episode, episode 99. 99. Nine. And read all of it because what, what are you looking at me like that for, Matt? Oh, I was thinking, don't you mean August? August what? Because it's already July. Yes. Is it August? It is, August? it is. It is the post for August. Yes. All right. So, yeah. oh, right. So I didn't change that. All right, <laughs> let me rewind. This is uh, Mr. Jack's again for August. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So, all of August discount, Mr. Jack. Yeah, not there. July. You won't get a very good deal. You'd imagine. <laughs> it's my surprising we didn't pick that up in rehearsals that um, I said that wrong. Anyway, uh, yeah, episode 99. Get your comment on the post. And, uh, yeah, you can win yourself a copy of Mr. Jack by come September. What we're talking about, yeah. uh, Neats and Twos. <laughs> yeah. Episode 99. Yeah. That means we've got an arbitrary milestone for the next one. Yeah, some. Oh, that, I was going to cover that in the um, in the post Neats and Twos. Oh, we can wait for the post Neats and Twos discussion. Uh, listening that's, to the outro. That's uh, all right. But yeah. Um, well, I'll I'll bring up something then. Yeah, go on. Uh, I mentioned in the at the top of the show that uh, I'm heading over to Gen Con. Gen Con's on. All Gen the Con's biggest on. gaming news August. is about to start popping out and hitting us mm. in the face. What is the uh, good games? Is there going to be a good game stand at Gen Con? We don't have a stand, we, but we do have a store one block from the venue where we're going to be running some pretty exclusive events. Oh, right, cool. Um, I know we've got, uh, I've organized for our good friend Todd, to, our friend of oh, the show. Mr. Roland. Todd Roland from AEG. Yeah. He's uh, coming in on the Saturday night of Gen Con hanging out in the store with some of his AEG buddies and they're yeah, just playing stuff. Custom Heroes, which <laughs> is their, their cool new Mystic Veilish game. Oh, Mystic <laughs> awesome. Veilish game. Yeah. And that was something that came up a lot in the comments for Mystic Veil was the, uh, you know, and I made reference to the fact that you were talking about the game that Mystic Veil was just brought out. Edge of Darkness. Yeah. As a lead into Edge of Darkness. So mm-hmm. when, when's Edge of Darkness happening? I am expecting them to announce something at Gen Con. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, on the con- convention front, on yeah. the home front, uh, the Southern Hemisphere Open, run by Objective Secured, is coming up, and Seven Land Hand is going to be there. Yes, we had so a gonna... we had a proper meeting and talked ideas. The yeah, other we day, write stuff we? down and everything. Yeah, 
Yeah, and we wrote it. Mm. We wore pants. You have secured your objective. Yeah. Nobody was allowed <laughs> to wear shorts to that meeting. It was very important. Next <laughs> comment you're going to is called Achievement Unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the, that's the end of September. So we're actually going to be recording a live uh, pod there. Woohoo! Yeah. Oh, we are, aren't we? Well, yeah. we're recording an episode. Yeah, we're recording an episode with Aaron's yeah. got a magic box that he's going to record. None of the usual yes. gear that we're getting that we're unreliable. Anyway. Aaron's got a magic box. There's, there's. I mean, he does have a magic. He has a lot box. of boxes of magic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, we should. Uh, th- there's, there's a winner of um, Mystic Vale. There was to announce, uh, and uh, it's Druid th- McDruidson through the magic of random number generation and choosing someone who used an emoji at the end of their comment. Uh, somebody said, ooh, this looks really good. Good luck, everyone. Wished everyone else luck. Who was that? That was Jared Dempsey. Jared Dempsey. Yeah. And uh, we said that she was the kindest person on Facebook today. And she said, oh, thanks. And that was enough. That was enough. We were... None of which had any bearing on the random number generator that head office used. But No, no. <laughs> but Jared Dempsey, you are the winner. <laughs> Jared Dempsey, we're going to be in touch and you tell you how to get your hands on a, a red-hot copy of Mystic Veil vale with elves on the cover and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, just, just uh, keep an eye on the Facebook post, get involved. Someone posted a question on, on here. There was a really good uh, Buster Booster question, if I can find that quick. I told him he should get that question in for the Buster Booster. It was Blake Derrick. He said something about he's not sure how this is going to work and all that sort of stuff. And I said, um, and he said, does this comment count? And I said, it does, but we'd like something a bit more thought-provoking, gets the community involved. <laughs> Some, you know, a bit of laughter, a bit of giggles. And he said, um, what's the weirdest combo you've ever encountered? So he went straight for the magic <laughs> question. I said, chucked it on the Buster Booster uh, <laughs> yeah, post, and you can win a right booster. Much as, uh, look, much as Wizards wish, wishes that they did, I don't think they actually have a patent on the word combo. <laughs> oh yeah. No, yeah. no, that's probably somebody like uh fast that's probably some fast food chain. Yeah. Uh, or Street Fighter. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Combo. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> So um other it's, bits of news around the place. Yeah. Uh just going to give a shout out to the Good Games Magic Championship, which is finishing up this month and uh rolling into store championships and last chance qualifiers and state yeah. championships and all sorts of things. I saw the trophy at Good Games Kennington. Uh, it is pretty. Yeah, yeah, and the play mat. And uh, one other thing, in amongst all the news that will be coming out of Gen Con, uh, I'm going to give everyone a hot tip here. Keep an eye out for Starfinder. Okay. It looks like a freaking amazing game. Uh, it is the future, the future of, of the Pathfinder, Pathfinder. world. <laughs> uh, so you can play like space elves and space dwarves alongside actual alien races that they've encountered. Uh, it's uh, a really, really interesting little melting pot from what I've seen and uh, I got to play a quick little demo of it uh, earlier this year. Mm. It's got some really cool spaceship combat rules. Is so there going to be a red hot oh. game at Gen Con this year that everyone's going to be charging through the door to buy like they did uh, last year? Last year. last year it was Seafall, which yeah. then no one particularly wanted to buy afterwards, it seems. <laughs> yeah. um, which is sad because it's quite a good game. But uh, look, um, Any it's hot really hard to pick, honestly. Yeah. I think... There's quite a few things de- de- debuting at Gen Con. Mm. Legend of the Five Rings would probably be the oh, yeah, pick yeah. for the one that will sell out uh, the new card in, yeah. in an instant. Because yeah. yeah. we know for a fact that they've got a few copies there to sell, but it's not <laughs> yeah. the full print run. Um, so, yeah, I reckon those will just vanish. Mm. That's well, it. Speaking of which, yes. uh, vanishing, uh, if you want to make uh, our Seven Land Hand badges vanish, yeah, you can put a comment on any of our Facebook posts, get involved in the discussion. We're trying to build a community, and it's nice 
if you uh, talk to one another. And, and if we read out your comment, we'll send you a classic Hyper Magic Nerd Badge. No, no. don't have very any... No. If, uh, we're not sending, we're not sending any anymore. Any. No, no. no, we're keeping those. You're not getting them. You can get one of the Hot Car Badge badges or the Advertising Tool Badge or the Amazing Charging Badger Badge. Which are the Charging shit Badger is totally the way to that's go, That's the right? shit yeah. one, I reckon. That's <laughs> the one that's got a badger on the front. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you can adorn your game aware. Yeah. Speaking of building community, one of the best ways that we can do that is by getting some comments and some ratings on iTunes for the pod. Yes. Uh, so if you guys can go and drop us a rating Do and us a ideally a comment, um, yeah. that will get more visibility, more eyes on Seven Land Hand and it'll mean more people listening and more people for you to talk to on the Facebook group. We've done yes. 100 episodes. Do us a solid. Put us a, put us a rating out there and, and a good one, not a crap one. Uh, yeah, if you want to get in touch, podcast at sevenlandhand.com. That's an email address. Just use it. And I think that's about it, isn't it, for the Mr. Jack show? That's it. Uh, next... Uh Next show will be the the hundredth show. There. The next show will be the show one hundred. So we're going to have what cake, uh, Kai, cake, Kai. Now we're thinking of K names, aren't we? Forty cake with forty, 40 Kai. Yeah. Forty cakes <laughs> with forty Kai. I was I was trying to think of stormtroopers, strippers, and yeah. st- uh, no. Nah. It's just be cake and reminiscing. I think we're doing a bit of listening yeah. back to our favorite uh, our favorite bits and grabs. And I'll be there on a magic. Podcast. Oh, it's not a magic podcast. It's, oh, it's a, not a seven land hand extra show one hundred. All right. Yes. Hmm. Sadly, the uh, the timing doesn't mean doesn't allow for me to be there, but I'll be there in spirit. And we we don't even know when we're recording this. It'll just happen in the near future. Hmm. We'll probably roll a dice and see if it marries up to one of the days of a month before the end of August. What before, have I got? Before we're scheduled to do the next one. Uh, next month, uh, oh. we're going to be looking at. Do we know? Why did you start yeah. that sentence? Because we don't know what we're going to be reviewing next month. Well, do we? I don't know. I was looking at Jamie. Know, we, Hopefully, we have, maybe he was he had an idea. Uh, we, we've talked surprise. A, we've talked about a few things, but I'm not <laughs> certain yet. So stay tuned. Watch the Facebook page for yeah, the great reveal. We'll, we'll we'll give you a reveal halfway through. The Watch the Facebook page for an unboxing. That's your hot tip. That's it. That, that <laughs> is the hot tip. Yeah. So when the unboxing appears, then there you can be pretty certain that that's the game we're going to be looking at next month. <laughs> Look, unless, unless, it's, unless, unless we're it's, unboxing it to play it. Unless it's something that uh, David backed on Kickstarter. <laughs> That's oh, true. Yeah, that big, are we going to yeah. do that big box of black we'll play? A few of those. We're going to have to start another uh, or, uh, others. video show. There's more coming <laughs> as well. I got back <laughs> loads of stuff and then just stopped. In the next few months, there's going to be so much stuff, it's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> hey, look, I, I found some notes here in the, uh, in the show notes uh, about show 100. It says the cast of the original pilot will be here. Uh, oh, that means Travis has got a card design. He's going to drop in with that. Yeah, I think his voice isn't as squeaky as it was when a few years ago. <laughs> uh, podcast greatest hits from the previous hundred shows. That requires Aaron doing homework, and you know how infrequent that happens. <sighs> it's, it's, I, yeah, I don't know. He looks like kind of a nerd. I think he probably does. No, do he homework. doesn't do homework well. <laughs> no. we, we used to have the segment called Aaron's Top Ten, and he would do a top ten on stuff, mm-hmm. and it stopped happening because he never did his homework. He'd always oh, arrive geez. and he'd just go, "Oh, top ten on zombies." Oh yeah. Yeah, um, Man, Daniel, ooh, get uh, me, Daniel, get me a top ten theme. I will do top tens. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, cake, booze, games, video feed, surprise guests, etc. Am I the surprise guest? Uh, no, because we know you're coming. Oh. I think the magic's in the etc. I'm circling uh, etc. That's what I'm looking for. It sounds like a packed 100th show. Yeah. All right. Well, well um, there's magic involved. There's packs involved. I think it's time to wash everything that is the podcast. It all stinks of beer <laughs> since I dropped a beer over Mr. Jack. 
Uh, it's it's one way to stop it. his reign of terror. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we've, we've, we've officially launched Mr. Jack. <laughs> All right. That was uh, the uh, 100% recorded in WA edition. Amazing. Good night, everybody. Good night. Sleep well. Sleep well.